the time. Huh. There we go. Okay, I'm ready. Good evening, Maria. Good evening, Chair Feller. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Good. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you guys. Tomorrow's meeting should be fun. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hi, hello, Christina, Jeffrey. Hi, everybody. Happy New Year, you guys. Happy New, Happy New Year. Year. It's bright. It's good to Happy. see everybody. Yeah, happy to see everybody. Are you back, Christina? I'm back. Yeah, I got back yesterday. Well, yeah, she's just, she's just hanging out at the harbor. Can't you tell? <laughs> no. <laughs> a beautiful sunny day. <laughs> you missed all the rain, Christina. <laughs> I wish it were sunny, but we need the rain. We do, although now, uh, now you know, we have the water supply issue, and now with the oversupply, we have a water storage issue. Yes, we where, do. Where do we put it? Yes, we do. I'm sure it's kept you and Kevin McGowan busy, though, Brandon. More, more Kevin than myself. Uh, yeah, I won't, I won't claim too much credit for water-related stuff. <laughs> Some, not all. <laughs> oh, I know. I should be zooming. I shouldn't be zooming this when you can. No. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. There, see, I blocked her out. <laughs> Good. Yeah, this time. Okay. Well, hey, Hi, Sergio. Happy New Year. Hi, Happy New Year. Hi, folks. Happy New Year. Yeah, we're just waiting for Richard. Let's give him a minute. Chef, I know that I've been communicating with him. He said he might not be joining. He's feeling really under the weather today. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, I'm okay. Thank you. I don't you. know if you want to text him and see if he's going to join us tonight. Yeah, I'll just text him real quick. I, I didn't realize he was under the weather. Thank you for letting me know. Yeah, Maria, thank you for making sure that you got the hard copy packet. Are those available? No, they are not. You know I love paper. Commissioner thought I was, I was going to say. Yeah, the at, youngest at, person, I hate online. I want paper. Yeah, I was going to say, at commissioner request, um, we're willing to to support that. I I and I feel your love for the hard copy. <laughs> okay, good to know it's an option. Thank you. All right, I just texted Richard. Um, let's see. Uh, so we just have a couple people in the waiting room, right? Seems to be only like five. Okay. Um, while we're waiting, um, Maria, um, were you able to co-host everybody here? Yes. Okay, great. So we've got that dealt with. That's good. And are you ready otherwise? Yes. Okay. I'm not seeing Richard responding here. 
Let's just give it one more minute and then I think we should go ahead. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt here. Is everybody else ready? All right. So I'm not getting any response from him. Um, it doesn't even show that he's read the text. So maybe, uh, Maria, when did you talk to him? I didn't talk to him. We actually emailed this afternoon. Okay. Okay. But he All did. Right. He might not be joining. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, I saw that email, uh, Chair Feller. He did express within that email that he was feeling a little bit under the weather. Um, so, so yeah, I think that we can probably confidently assume that that's why he is uh, present. Okay. All right. Then if, if it's all right with everybody else, I think we can probably go ahead. All right. Recording yep. in progress. One more screen over there. Thank you. Chair Feller, all the public is in. Terrific. Thank you so much, Maria. And a very happy new year to everybody. I'll welcome this evening to a special planning commission uh, meeting for Wednesday, January 11th. Uh, Director Phipps, if I could hand this over to you to orientate the public and to take roll call. Certainly. Thank you, Chair Feller. And good evening, Chair Feller and planning commissioners and attendees. Uh, this special meeting is being held pursuant to government code section 54953 subsection E and in light of the declared state of emergency, the special meeting of the planning commission on January 11, 2023 will be conducted telephonically through Zoom and broadcast live on the city's website. With that, I will move to call roll. Oh. Commissioner Saad. Here. Um, Commissioner Graff. Noting he is not present. Commissioner Luxembourg. Here. Vice Chair Junius. Present. And Chair Feller. Here. Okay. Um, let it be shown on the record that Commissioner Graff is not present. All other planning commissioners are present. Great. Thank you so much, Director Phipps. We have a quorum. Uh, moving on to item number two is the approval of the agenda this evening. Uh, just by a show of hands, do I have any comments on the agenda this evening? Okay, if you would uh, in, indulge a, a comment or recommendation by me, uh, typically we have communications um, just after the uh, public comments on items not on the agenda. It's currently item seven. Uh, would um, my fellow commissioners entertain moving that uh, up in the agenda after approval of planning commission meeting minutes? So between four and five. Uh, Commissioner Saad? Absolutely, I would support that. Okay. Uh, Commissioner Luxembourg? Yes. Okay, Vice Chair Junius? Yes. Okay. Great. Um, so if we could make that amendment, uh, Director Phipps, let's move uh, item seven, communications up between uh, currently what's identified as item four 
approval of the planning commission meeting minutes and uh, item five new business. Uh, with that, if you could take roll call. Certainly, thank you, Chair Feller. Commissioner Saad. Yes. Commissioner Luxembourg. Yes. Vice Chair Junius. Yes. Chair Feller. Yes. Motion carries. Great, thank you very much. Moving on to item number three, this is uh, public comments for items not on the agenda. Um, and Director Phipps, if you could provide some direction to the public on how they can raise their hand in the Zoom application or by phone. Certainly, Chair Feller. This is the time for the Planning Commission to hear from citizens regarding matters that are not on the agenda. Except in very limited situations, state law precludes the Planning Commission from taking action on or engaging in discussions concerning items of business that are not on the agenda. However, the Planning Commission may refer matters not on the agenda to staff or direct the subject be agendized at a future meeting. Video or audio public comment participation is limited to three minutes per speaker. If you would like to make a comment, please raise your hand in the Zoom application and you will be called upon when it is your time to speak. To raise your hand from a phone, press star nine. Each speaker will be notified when the time has elapsed. Great, thank you, Director Phipps. I see one hand in the audience at this time. Uh, I will call um, on members of the public as I see you on my screen. It might be a little different from yours. Uh, but our first speaker this evening is Sandra Bushmaker. Uh, welcome, Sandra. Good evening, Chair Feller and Planning Commissioners. I wish to bring to your attention, which some of you may be aware of and others may not, uh, that in 2019, uh, myself, Chair Feller, uh, Jill Hoffman, City Council Member, uh, Steve Woodside, resident, and Mike Stewart, who's a hydrologist and a, uh, a geologic engineer, uh, formed a task force at the request of the City Council to look into the Sausalito Boulevard, uh, February 14th, 2019 mudslide. And we did so. We, the, uh, the uh, task force was, boy, I'm hearing a lot of background information, uh, noise, but that's all right. I'll keep going. Um, the uh, the uh, task force was appointed in June of 2019. We met vigorously and often and came up with a report to present to the city council on in the last city council uh, meeting in September of 2019. In that report, we had approximately 18 recommendations uh, to the city to enact to help remedy and prevent such events in the future. Some of them were systemic uh, issues that needed to be addressed. Uh, others were such things as a citywide uh, proper uh, what's it called, uh, scoping, or if you will, or, or measurements of the uh, geologic and hydrologic hazards in Sausalito. And we also suggested some funding mechanisms. Well, for some reason, um, some uh, to some of you, this may be not surprising, but to others it is that report somehow got buried and those recommendations were not uh, enacted to date. And now, of course, we're in the middle of a huge uh, problem. I just wish to bring this to the attention of the Planning Commission to help bring this to life again. And I, I do believe the Planning Commission would be involved in analyzing the recommendations 
and taking some action or making recommendations to the city council. So I'd appreciate your attention on this item as it has been uh, in the ethers, shall we say, and not on a front burner. And given the weather that we've had this last uh, two weeks, I think it's once again uh, an issue that should be addressed. If not, then now. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, uh, Sandra, for your comments this evening. I'm looking for any other members of the public that would like to make comment on items not on the agenda this evening. Uh, seeing no, no additional hands raised, I'm going to go ahead and close public comment and ask that we move on to item number four, approval of planning commission uh, minutes. Uh, we have one item uh, under 4A this evening, which is the uh, November 16th uh, meeting minutes. I'm looking for any comments uh, or amendments suggested by any commissioner this evening. Uh, commissioner Luxembourg, do you have any comments? Uh, no, I do not at, at this time. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, commissioner Saad? No comments. Okay. Vice Chair Junius? No comments. Okay. Um, I, I just had... Uh, Two comments on the on on the meeting minutes. Um, actually, three. First, uh, Director Phipps, I really appreciate the detail in these meeting minutes. It's something we don't usually see, and it's a highly welcome and something I think the Planning Commission has been looking for uh, in the past. So this this is refreshing to see a little bit more detail and substance to the meeting minutes. So thank you for that. The second comment I had is regarding. Uh, the report out by our interim code enforcement officer, our interim building official, and uh, Ms. Melanie Jacobson. Uh, at that particular meeting, we asked for all of these items and the presentations that, that uh, these folks provided to actually be agendized um, at a, a planning commission hearing uh, uh, soon thereafter this, this meeting. The reason for that is that uh, it really deserves more of a discussion and a dialogue and the opportunity to do that rather than just be a one-way communication. Uh, the presentations were well-received, but I think uh, really uh, could have maybe benefited more from some dialogue and feedback or questioning by the commission and, of course, the public as well. So if we could make a, a, a note and a point to agendize that in the future. Um, but that that was commented on. I checked the um, the recording, and I think that should probably be reflected in the notes. So, so just to confirm, um, Chair Feller, you would like the request for the code enforcement and building official staff to come back to Planning Commission with a formal agendized item related to existing code enforcement cases um, to be reflected in the minutes. That's correct. Okay, very and good. And that's accurate to, to the meeting and discussion we had at the time. And then the only other comment I have, which is on page three of five, uh, starting on line 40 under the Ferry Landslide Working Group. Uh, again, we requested um, that DPW bring that back to the Planning Commission. And so that was sort of an actionable result of that. And those are the only comments I have. Um, uh, Chair Fairler, may I provide just a quick response? Of course, yeah. 
Fantastic, thank you. So um, we're happy to reflect those comments and those action items in the minutes. Um, short story for commissioners is that we heard those action items from you and have made that specific request to code enforcement building and DPW staff. So um, as far as existing code enforcement cases are concerned, staff is prepping a document to bring to you. Um, additionally, I was working with Kevin to place his item for you um, on the agenda, and we will hopefully, I'll have to check with Kevin based on his availability um, and schedule, but bring it to Planning Commission in short order. So thank you. Thank you very much, Director Phipps. Uh, just going back to um, the commissioners here, are there any other comments or further comment on the suggested amendments? Um, Commissioner Saad. Uh, no comments other than that. I support, I support them. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Luxembourg. I support the amendments. Thank you. Uh, Vice Chair Junius. Three, I support. Great, thank you. Uh, Director Phipps, I think we can call roll. Thank you, Chair Feller. Commissioner Son. Yes. Commissioner Graf, uh, excuse me, Luxembourg. Uh, yes. Vice Chair Junius. Yes. Chair Feller. Yes. Motion carries. Thank you. Uh, so let's move on to communications here, which we have amended to move up in our agenda. Uh, it's currently listed uh, for those following uh, along at home or, or here on Zoom as item seven on our agenda. Um, so Director Phipps is, is over to you. Thank you, Chair Feller. Um, regarding CDD staffing, a few updates to the commission this evening. Firstly, as you know, um, the department was happy to welcome principal planner Christian, Kristen Teike to the team at the beginning of November. And she has been a valuable asset to our department and has been working hard to learn our muni code and instill processes within the department that create efficiency gains and the way we take in process review and uh, approve our project permits. To complement Kristen's presence in the department, we brought on an additional principal planner. His name is Neil Toft. He started in early December. Um, similar to Kristen, Neil is also a former Sausalito planning staffer and was most recently planning director with City of Larkspur. So I, re I refer to uh, Kristen and Neil as our all-star planning staff, and um, they have been wonderful to work with thus far and have uh, done that name justice. That's the first update. Secondly, our solicitations for additional staff in CDD are ongoing. Um, we're currently in the process of providing offer letters for the positions of building official and contract permit tech and have open solicitations for the role of code enforcement officer and um, an additional associate assistant planner. That does it for CDD staff updates. Thank you. That's, that's great news. Thank you, Director Phipps. I wanted uh, to give our uh, city attorney, uh, Sergio Rudin, the opportunity if there are any, um, uh, any uh, communications from the city attorney's office. Not at this time. Thank Great. you. Thank you very much. Uh, so let's move on uh, to reporting out for the planning commission uh, working groups and subcommittees. We can start with the objective design and development standards subcommittee uh, that Vice Chair Junius and I um, are, are, are on. Uh, Vice Chair Junius, do you want to give us an update? Sure. Um, we um, we did, I think our last meeting was right before the holidays, uh, end of October, October 21st. 
very productive meeting with the consultant um, trying and we're working to you know integrate the uh, odds with the housing elements so that there's you know not a, a, a big disconnect there when both eventually come through. Um, holidays came. So we're, you know, we're still kind of, I think, on the 20 yard line here. There's some work left to do, but I think we've made some excellent progress. Um, and tomorrow night, we're doing a meeting with the city council with odds as one of the featured items. So we'll be I think, talking about that more broadly with um, the city council members and members of the public about what that is, what it means, what the status is, and how it's going to be affecting our planning process going forward. Um, but I think we're getting very, we're getting close. Chair Feller, anything else you want to add? Well, I just want to take the opportunity, I mean, of course, to thank you for all the hard work you put into this, as well as the consultants, but um, also provide a little bit of an orientation that the objective design and development standards that we've been working on, um, as we have drafted them with the consultants, is meant to be a, a parallel uh, a code, if you will, uh, to our existing uh, Sausalito Municipal Code with the um, intent of eventually um, combining the two uh, and the objective design and development standards would supersede uh, certain portions of the municipal code that tend to be more subjective rather than objective. And so I think that's just an important comment to make in preparation for uh, tomorrow's uh, joint session with the city council for housing element and objective design and development standards. And the only other thing I would add is that uh, Vice Chair Junius and I have been working with uh, Bob Brown, our primary uh, consultant, as well as Opticos on uh, some of the um, uh, 3D modeling of, of uh, a range of different sites uh, and conditions within uh, the city of Sausalito uh, to help communicate uh, uh, any potential impact or sort of thoughts and, and discussion around some of those sites uh, just to help with the dialogue. Um, it's easy to talk about this when it's written on paper, but it's a whole nother thing to see it in, um, in, in a physical built environment. And so I think um, Opticos has done a superior job of demonstrating that. Uh, with some of those renderings, and I, I believe that those will be unveiled tomorrow evening at the joint session, which starts at 5.30 and will be a virtual meeting. Anything else, Vice Chair? No, I, I, I thank you again for raising the, the issues of some of the site studies. Those actually, I think, are going to be really, really helpful uh, with the community outreach and the understanding of the public as to how they, you know, the housing element and the, and the odds work together. Um, so yeah, thank you for that that um, comment. And you were the one that pushed that, so I want to acknowledge that. So thank you, Christina. Thank you. So let let's roll over into the California Housing Legislative Working Group, which again, Vice Chair Junius, yourself, and um, Commissioner Luxembourg um, have formed together. If you can give us an update. Sure. The very, very short update. Thankfully, there's not a lot of updates. Um, with the holidays, the, the legislature took a break. Um, nothing new uh, am I aware of that came through of any of any substance. Um, I, so I, I will, uh, at the last meeting we had, I think in November, I gave a pretty quick overview of five or six of the 2022 pieces of legislation that I actually will do think will impact, um, you know, Sausalito planning issues and projects going forward. I probably, at, at some point, you know, in the next few months, 
honestly, the housing element is going to dominate the planning world for the coming couple of months at a minimum. So I don't think there's anything urgent for me to be reporting out or Commissioner Luxembourg to be reporting out on new legislation. The the, um, the legis the you know the the anything else coming down the road is is a ways off. Um, I think the settling out of what we've seen past is is yet to come. So we're in a little bit of a lull, and I think the whole world in California and the Bay Area and every city is really focused on their housing elements. Um, and so I'm I think I'm going to uh, stand down on this for a little while while we get past the housing element uh, uh, process and then pick this back up. But this you know spring summer there will be. I think activity, there will be questions coming, there will be a need to start to unpack some of the pieces of legislation that are going to affect Sausalito. So we'll, we'll be ready. But um, at this point, there's nothing else to report. Great. Thank you for that. Commissioner Luxembourg, did you have anything to add? No, I concur with what uh, Commissioner Junius, Vice Chair Junius has indicated. Well, thank you both for being hawk-eyed on this and, and looking out for not just the Planning Commission here, but the City of Sausalito on the impacts that some of that state legislation can potentially have. So thank you both. Um, why don't why don't you just continue on both of you, if you don't mind, with the standard conditions of approval for resolution, since you both um, uh, form that working group as well. Uh, yeah, I, I've talked to Director Phipps, and uh, once he gets his staffing settled over the next couple months, we'll start to address those standard conditions, but we want to try to get rid of some of the backlog before we're uh, addressing brand new conditions and complicating what are what are projects that are already in the works. Okay, great, thank you. Um, all right, um, the Ferry Landslide Working Group that uh, uh, is uh, Vice Chair Junius and myself. I, I think we've that we have not met again uh, since the last time we reported out or even before that. And as mentioned earlier, um, we are looking for DPW to come back to the Planning Commission uh, with a solution that reflects our, our input and, and um, the concurrence of that input uh, that uh, Historic Preservation Commission had as well. Um, so um, Director Phipps, I, I assume that you'll continue to try to work with Director McGowan uh, to get that scheduled and appreciate that th those efforts uh, on your part. Okay. Um, all right, moving on to the Housing Element Advisory Committee. Uh, Commissioner Saad, you and I uh, have been um, uh, the planning commission representatives for, for that effort. Uh, do you wanna report out on, on where we are and, and the, the plan for tomorrow evening as well? Sure. Um, yes, thank you, Chair Feller. Um, I believe we have not met since early October. I think October 13th was our last meeting in which um, we had reviewed um, the background report and the comments for the draft housing element. It has since been submitted to the state end of October on the 28th. And um, the HCD is not expected to give us comments back until end of January on the 26th. So um, the following step, we, we did not have any other meetings for the remainder of the year. And quite frankly, I'm not sure if the HEAC will have further meetings, but as you both mentioned, we do have the joint city council meeting tomorrow at 5.30. Um, there's also currently a notice of preparation for um, a draft 
um, environmental impact report. And that was end of December, I think around the 21st. And that comments, comments are due on the 20th of this month. So that's still open and available. Um, but the HCD will be giving us comments back and then Planning Commission and City Council will start to review. But as um, Vice Chair Junius just said that I think I think the Planning um, Commission will be handling a lot of the housing element uh, coming up in the next few meetings. Um, for tomorrow, we are going to review um, the, the agenda has been published for anyone that wants to see. Again, that meeting is at 5.30 and we will be going over the scheduling for the housing element and some of that draft. Um, and I believe making a plan in terms of receiving those comments. Um, as also mentioned, they're going to be going over the um, objective design uh, and development standards and, and more uh, there's, I believe, going to be a presentation on SB9, um, which will also be important to our overall um, housing element that will ultimately be um, approved. So that is as far as I recall. Um, Chair Feller, if there's anything that you want to add as well. Um, no, I appreciate uh, the update that you provided. Um, as I also chair the Housing Element and, uh, Advisory Committee, uh, it is my opinion uh, that the HEAC has served its purpose and addressed the remit um, in terms of getting that draft to, to the state. Um, it's unfortunate that we still don't have our comments back from the state. Obviously, we cannot control that. Um, so there is very little time between when we anticipate getting the comments back on the draft and, and the January 31st deadline of, of getting, of submitting um, the final plan uh, to to the state, um, and that plan needs to be um, signed off by the planning commission with recommendation to city council to ultimately uh, sign off and ratify and and issue to the state. Uh, so, uh, just um, for the benefit of of everybody listening here, um, both at home and here on Zoom. Uh, it's really crunch time for the housing element, and we haven't. January 31st to issue it. The environmental impact report, of course, will not be, is not required by the state and therefore will not be included necessarily with what we submit. That EIR, uh, the environmental impact report, will continue on that work. So that's still a focus that we need to have uh, just to prepare everybody for what's coming coming down uh, the, 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 the road here uh, regarding the housing element. So I think uh, unless Director Phipps, you have anything to add for the agenda tomorrow night or any comments, um, we'll continue to move on on our agenda. No comments, um, Chair Feller, just that I look forward to engaging with Planning Commission and Council on these um, very important issues for the city. Great, thank you for that. And I wanna thank uh, Sergio Rudin, who has been invaluable in this whole process um, Sergio, I honest, honestly, uh, you have given such sound, solid advice and direction. Um, thank you for protecting the best interest of uh, all those involved um, for HEAC, and I know you will continue to do so. So a, a, a real thank you to you. Thank you, Chair. I appreciate that. Uh, moving on here, um, Director Phipps, I believe the 110 4th Street Working Group, we had retired at our last meeting. 
so that can be uh, taken off the list. Uh, let's move on to parklets. Um, Commissioner Luxembourg, I don't think there's much for us to report out on, but um, any update that you'd like to <clears throat> Yes, I've talked to direct, uh, Director Phipps and he's been touched base with Assistant uh, Attorney Rudin to draft the legal part of this of how this is going to be implemented. So that is currently in process at the moment and hopefully we'll have an update on that at the next meeting. Excellent, thank you. Thank you for doing that. Um, let's see, we also um, have formed a master plan working group that is Commissioner Saad and myself. Uh, that is not listed here. We have not um, started any work, but the purpose of that uh, forming that group was really to scope out what that uh, citywide master plan uh, remit should be. Uh, and so hopefully we can meet um, either later on this month, Commissioner Saad, uh, Director Phipps, or the beginning of February, since the housing element will probably take uh, the priority of our focus as it should. Um, Let's see, are there any other comments or reporting out by any commissioner just by the show of show of hands that you'd like to add? No, okay. I just have one more thing to mention uh, in terms of one-way communication here. And that is that uh, the planning commission has made six or seven um, requests, both in writing and on public record to the city council over the last two years for funding. And uh, the funding requests um, are for updating the Salcedo Municipal Code, uh, which goes to one of our public comments uh, that it, it was meant to reflect and incorporate the Landslide Task Force uh, uh, findings and recommendations that were ratified and approved by the City Council, as well as a number of other things, including the general plan and impacts of that. It included the citywide master plan and, and other items. Um, and I would just ask uh, Director Phipps if you could continue to um, uh, help the Planning Commission receive some sort of response or input from the City Council regarding those priorities that are really basics that um, both the city and the planning commission need to be able to perform our tasks. So any help you can provide would be appreciated. Okay. All right, if there are no other communications, I'm just looking for a show of hands from the commissioners. We will go ahead and open this up for public comment. Um, to make public comment on any of the items under communications this evening, you can raise your hand in the Zoom application or you can press star nine on your uh, cell phone if you're uh, phoning in. Uh, each uh, public member will have three minutes to make public comment uh, this evening. And I'll call upon you in the order I see you on, on my screen, which may be different than yours, but don't worry, uh, you will have your opportunity. Uh, the first hand I see is Sandra Bushmaker. Uh, Sandra, welcome. Uh, you have three minutes uh, for public comment. Hopefully I won't take all three minutes. <laughs> I just wanted to comment, you know, I've been following the housing element update uh, since its inception. And the consequences for not meeting our deadline are really dire. And I'm sure many of you recognize them. Uh, two major ones that we need to pay attention to are the fact, is the fact that uh, number one, that you have only 
one year instead of three years to update the zoning ordinance. And number two is that the grant block grants that the city would be eligible for are uh, threatened without an up, without a on time timely uh, housing element adoption. So I, I want to tell you how much I appreciate the work that you are about to embark on <laughs> and have embarked on, uh, but for this next for this month, and and I really want to encourage um, that we get do what we have to do in order to get that housing element adopted and a resolution passed by the city council that it's uh, a, a certifiable housing element so that we don't hit the consequences of missing that deadline. Thank you. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you for your comments. Um, I'm just looking for any other hands uh, from the public to make comment on our communication. Seeing none, I will go ahead and close public comment and we will move on to uh, what is identified as item number five, new business on the agenda this evening. And Director Phipps, I will hand this over to you. Thank you, Chair Feller. Moving on to our business items here. First item of business is item 6A, um, formerly 5A. That is election of chair and vice chair. Task recommendation here is for the commission to solicit nominations for the position of planning commission chair and then have a vote in connection with those nominations um, as needed. If there is only one nomination, we will move to a roll call for the nominated commissioner. So I will open the floor to commissioners for nominations. Um, I would like to nominate um, Commissioner Luxembourg for chair of the Planning Commission. I'll second that nomination. Hearing no other nominations, um, I will move to a roll call vote. Commissioner Saad? Yes. Commissioner Luxembourg? Yes. Vice Chair Junius? Yes. Chair Feller. Yes. Motion carries. Congratulations to Commissioner Luxembourg. I'd be honored to serve. Thank you so much. On to the vice chair seat. The floor is open to nominations. I'd like to nominate Andrew Junius for vice chair. I will second that. Just uh, want to give commissioners another moment if there are other nominations. Hearing none, I will move to a roll call vote. Commissioner Son. Yes. Chair Luxembourg. Yes. Vice Chair Junius. I appreciate that, yes. Commissioner Feller. Yes. Motion carries. Congratulations, Vice Chair Junius. I look forward to continuing on as vice chair. And and actually before we before we move on, can we take a few minutes here? I'd like to I'd like to just personally thank Chair Feller for uh, a, a real um, learning experience that I've I've gone through. I was I'm the newbie on the commission here. It's been about a year and a half um, when I came on. Um, you know, Christina took me under her wing. I, I've been on the other side of the podium for 30 years, but you know, uh, being being up here 
uh, serving with all you wonderful folks has really uh, been a different experience and been an eye opener. And I think I, I had a good background, but um, Chair Fowler was a, just a wonderful uh, mentor and um, you know showed me the ropes and gave me uh, tons of support um, and was was thoughtful enough to uh, move me up to vice chair relatively quickly. I've really been honored by that. Um, and, um, and and I'll also have to say, you know, not only you know do I have the the most utmost respect for Christina in terms of her dedication and 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 uh, the time she spends in in promoting Salcedo, um, both you and Commissioner Saad with respect to the housing element, just extraordinary work. I can't tell you how much I thank you for that. Um, and then you know to lump you know layer it all on even even worse for Christina. You know my God, being being commission president. Uh, or chair during COVID and during the staffing uh, difficulties the city has and holding this together and just continuing to, you know, never, uh, you know, never, never let down just your, your professionalism and your uh, commitment to the city is extraordinary. And I just wanted to make sure that that was on the record. And I want to thank you for that. I I appreciate that greatly. And I can think of no better partner in crime uh, than uh, Vice Chair Junius who um, I, I learn something new from every, every single time we, we meet or discuss something. Um, but, and I uh, really appreciate the kind words, but um, I, I am no army of one. I don't believe in that. And this, the, you know, this commission, the, the, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. And I, I really believe that this is an extraordinary commission. We come at uh, matters uh, from completely different perspectives. Uh, it's incredibly enlightening. It is thorough. It's thoughtful. It's professional. It's non-political, and it's it really. Uh, I'm really proud uh, to be part of it. And so I want to thank each and every one of you, uh, Commissioner Graf, who is uh, unfortunately under the weather and not here this this evening. Um, is is an extraordinary part of this as well. And, and um, I know under the leadership of Chair Luxembourg and Vice Chair Junius, we will continue uh, to uh, um, advance our, the ground of the Planning Commission, continue to support the amazing work uh, that Director Phipps is doing in growing and expanding and strengthening community development. Uh, and again, thank you, Sergio, uh, for uh, your incredible uh, assistance, guidance, um, protection of uh, the Planning Commission and the City of Sausalito. And um, um, look look forward to continuing to work with the best colleagues I could ask for. So thank you. Uh, I would also like to thank Christina for incredible work, especially during the staffing turmoil of the last two years, and also uh, her thoroughness. And uh, I just hope I can fill your shoes as well as you've done for the last two years. So thank you. Thanks, Jeffrey. My turn. <laughs> I wanted to say um, a huge thank you to Chair Feller. And um, I really value your mentorship and all of that you do for our commission, but also all of the subcommittees. It is a lot of extra work. I only had HEAC and you had it with me and you were the chair and you did it with such grace and such poise. And it was so chaotic at times. And when you're at the helm, it is a very smooth sailing ship. So um, thank you for what you've done for us at the commission. I look forward to all of our 
new time together um, on whatever subcommittee that we are going to to join forces on. But I really want to thank you and um, teaching me the ropes, your patience, your kindness, and always making yourself um, available as well. So huge thank you. Uh, and I really enjoyed the last two years, my first two years on planning commission. So thank you for that. Thank you. Great. Um, I, I don't want to, may I make a quick comment as well? Um, Chair Luxembourg? Sure, that would be fine. That would be well, welcome. Um, Commissioner Feller, yeah, I'll just completely concur with all the comments received from other commissioners and uh, want to really thank you as well for the opportunity to work with you in the seat of chair. And um, I look forward to continuing to work with you as commissioner and in connection with some of these really, you know, big lifts that the city is taking on. As, as I uh, playfully told you in a conversation earlier today, you're not getting off that easy. And, um, you know, there are, there are a number of other projects where we can use your valuable input. So looking forward to it. And, um, and thank you very much. And of course, I look forward to working with um, Chair Luxembourg and Vice Chair Junius in their roles, respectively, um, and with all other commission members present and, and non-president Commissioner Graff. So if there are no other comments, um, I will pass the mic to Chair Luxembourg to uh, have him introduce his uh, the next item uh, as his inaugural item introduction as chair. <clears throat> uh, thank you, Director Phipps, uh, and thank you all. I will hopefully uh, able to able, ably serve as chair and hope that I can do as well as Christina has done. Uh, the first item uh, at this point is the, I guess, item 7A, which would be the public hearing for 1 and uh, 43 Willow Lane. And Director Phipps, if you could explain what the typical order is so that people know how we uh, run public hearings. Thank you. Sure, if we could just take a, a half step back, I think that there is another business item for us to address. Uh, yes, I, I uh, uh, skipped that item, so I apologize. Uh, the, uh, uh, the next item will be approval of the Planning Commission meeting dates for the for January of 23rd. So if you could explain what we have before us, I understand that we don't yet have a full calendar for 2023 or do, are we gonna talk about just the month of January or will we be talking about the whole year at this point? Yeah, so happy to um, Chair Luxembourg. So yeah, quick background, staff has prepared a draft calendar containing only one meeting for consideration this evening. That meeting is proposed for later this month on Wednesday, January 25. We are planning to bring a full 2023 calendar for approval by the Planning Commission on January 25. That is, of course, assuming the Commission approves that meeting. Um, in the absence of an annual calendar for February and beyond, staff is open to feedback from commissioners at this meeting related to how we might propose scheduling for those meetings. Initial thoughts from staff include, um, you know, the typical staggering of Planning Commission meeting uh, meetings with city council meetings such that they do not occur in the same week. Moreover, um, staff understand, you know, due to holiday schedules that there may be limited meetings in December and we will create our calendar being sensitive to that. And uh, I'll turn it over to commissioners for any additional comment feedback. Uh, at this point, uh, I'll turn to Commissioner Saad if you have any thoughts on uh, calendars so far. 
I have no issue with the current calendar as it stands for January and don't plan my year far in advance enough to make any further comments. I am completely fine as long as they are staggered. I think that was a successful calendar. So I'd, I'd be in support of our old cadence, but I'm completely fine with um, the January schedule. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Saad. I want to mention, I believe if I saw something in the last couple of weeks from the city council that uh, they used to meet typically, although it changes every month, depending on what's the first Tuesday or, uh, or Wednesday of the month, typically they've been meeting the second and fourth um, Tuesdays of the month. We've been meeting first and third Wednesdays. Uh, I believe that uh, they are going to shift to first and third Tuesdays. And if that happens after about March, because there's a weird thing with Tuesday, uh, with I think Wednesday is appearing on the first of the month or something like that, that um, uh, we might move to second and fourth for those months. Uh, uh, Director Phipps, is that the case or you understand from the council? Yeah, so, so it's just um, following a cursory review of approved council meetings for 2023, it looks like that they, they do vary. Um, and, you know, obviously some some months as far as their weekly distributions vary. Um, so we will work to ensure consistent staggering um, independent of whether or not, you know, it's first and third, second and fourth. Um, but but keeping consistent the fact that those meetings are staggered from week to week. Uh, thank you, uh, Director Phipps. Uh, uh, Commissioner Feller, do you have uh, any thoughts on calendar so far? Uh, thank you, Chair Luxembourg. Um, I would be very happy to support a motion to approve the January 25th. And from the standpoint of any further direction, um, I would I definitely support staggering planning commission um, from uh, city council. So if they're first and third, I think we should be second and fourth or, or that concept, let's say. I would also support um, continuing the tradition of an August recess. And I would also support um, the, the flexibility uh, to uh, Director Phipps to have you know, one or two floating potential uh, hearing dates just in case um, uh, it is needed. Those tend to happen towards the end of the year um, uh, to try to clear uh, uh, any backlog uh, from CDD, uh, et cetera. Um, I know that he has made significant progress with clearing out the backlog so far. And so, um, you know, want to make sure that we are supporting um, that as much as possible if we have to add a couple floating dates. Um, as a reserve only, um, then I'm, I'm happy to consider that as well. Uh, thank you, uh, Commissioner Feller. Uh, Commissioner uh, Vice Chair Junius, uh, any thoughts on calendar at this point? Uh, in agreement with Commissioner Saad and Commissioner Feller, you know, that all works for me. I'm fine with the January date and day staggering. Um, and I, and I, again, I also appreciate Chair Feller's comments about August. Um, I, I do count, you know, I don't know, we certainly can't take into account uh, already planned um, commissioner vacations, but I, I will, I might miss a meeting in June, uh, but, you know, we all have vacations, so, but other than that, I'm ready to go. 
Uh, thank you, Vice Chair Junius. Uh, I also concur with the January 25th date and with the August recess and uh, shifting the dates for uh, the uh, to be in the opposite week of the councils wherever those occur. Uh, and uh, so uh, in the development of the draft calendar for the next meeting, if you take those all into account, that would be helpful, along with uh, the housing element scheduling of joint meetings or or approval meetings, if uh, whatever that's needed for those dates when you develop the calendar for the next two months, because that, that's a critical timeline. So uh, uh, with that, uh, I don't think that requires a vote, but do we need to open public uh, uh, public comment for this item, uh, uh, Chair Phipps? I would defer to Sergio on that. Yes. Uh, so at, at this point, uh, anybody would like to uh, comment uh, on item five, if they could raise their hand in the Zoom application and we'll call on you as we see you. Uh, seeing none, uh, we'll close that, uh, that item and move on to public hearing. So at this point, Chair Phipps, can you I mean, Director Phipps, can you give me give uh, the public an understanding of uh, the sequence for a public hearing? Certainly, yeah. So, um, regular structure for a public hearing is a staff presentation to begin, followed by Planning Commission questions for staff, um, followed by presentations from applicants, which is optional. Fifteen minutes. Um, we're getting some feedback. Um, I'm going to Sergio, I think you're typing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, following the applicant presentation, uh, Planning Commission can provide questions for the applicant. Then there will be a public comment period, three minutes per speaker, um, potential applicant rebuttal as desired, and Planning Commission discussion, deliberation, and ultimate decision. Thank you very much. Uh, at this point, can uh, contract planner Gonzalez provide uh, a, a presentation on 1 and uh, 43 Willow Lane? Hi, good evening, Commissioner. Um, let me share my screen. The first item that I'm presenting tonight is uh, a tree removal permit request for 1 and 43 Willow Lane. The applicant is Randy um, Harris with Artistry and Trees. He submitted the application on behalf of the property owners, the Willow HOA. Um, I apologize for the shortness of breath. I feel under the weather. So if there's a delay with my presentation, I apologize for that. Um, the request. This is to remove a, the request is for approval to remove two Italian stone pines. The picture on the right hand side shows the location of those trees within the, um, the community. Tree number one is 39 inches in um, diameter breadth height. The picture on the left hand side shows the location approximate to one willow lane. To the left hand side, you will see a trash receptacle. On the right-hand side is the path of travel for the pedestrians in the community. And then directly in front of it is parking. 
to the right hand side, you will see um, arrows pointing to the tree's location, um, to the tree's cables. Both tree, trees are currently cabled and in good condition, according to the report provided by the arborist. Tree number two is 41 um, inches diameter and breast height. The left pic left hand side picture shows again a receptacle and the proximity of the tree within the community. It's also adjacent to a um, regular path of travel. And this um, tree is also cabled and in good condition, as you can see by the picture on the right hand side. Uh, summary of the request is to um, approve the removal of both trees based on their diameter breast height. They're considered the heritage trees. Um, the request was brought forth by the property owner because of the personal injury and property damage the trees have caused. This is a picture of the personal injury that has taken place. Um, tree number two, a pine cone fell on one of the drivers of Bay City, um, Bay City's refuse service while he was picking up the trash. Um, this required him to go to the ER and um, get stitches. The company sent a letter to the HOA requesting, um, well, expressing their concern and um, indicating that they hope that it doesn't happen again. We also have a testimonial from the resident at One Willow Lane indicating that um, when she came out of her residence, she walked to her vehicle and she noticed that the sunroof was shattered. She didn't see evidence of any um, other property damage or anything had been stolen from the vehicle. She did see a pine cone next to the, to her vehicle and she um, therefore de determined that it must've been from the pine cone. She also recalls overhearing that, that there was some property damage to the vehicle of the resident at 49 Willow. Um, this resident submitted a letter yesterday, I'm sorry, an email, um, requesting the Planning Commission approve the um, removal of the trees because she's concerned about her family's safety as well as uh, that of the neighborhood. A summary of the key factors, um, as I previously stated, based on the Diameter of breast height, both trees are considered heritage trees. The first tree um, overhangs the parking spaces and the cone, the pine cones falling have caused um, vehicle damage and have broken the sunroof of one specific vehicle. Tree number two has struck a, um, a person as they were walking, um, picking up refuge. Both trees are cabled and in good condition. And our verse um, recommends that if they both um, are to remain, that the cables be inspected annually. The arborist also lists that their, um, the neighboring vegetation will not be affected by the removal of the trees. The no changes in soil stability would result from the removals. The replanting is not necessary for sloping stability or privacy screening. And that if replacement is, replacement is required, um, the arborist recommends coast live oak trees for each of the trees. Staff um, is recommending that both trees be replaced with the um, coast live oak and that this replacement takes place within two weeks of the removal of the trees. Thank you. 
the request is exempt from the California Environmental Quality Act um, in accordance to section 15304. The tree removal criteria for um, number one it states that in order to grant a tree removal or, alter or alteration permit, it must be determined that the removal or alteration is necessary in order um, for any of the following objectives. For this specific request, um, item number A would be clearly identified because it is um, meant to ensure public safety as it relates to the health of the tree potential hazard of life and property and proximity um, in order to, um, sorry, proximity to existing or proposed structures and interference with utilities. Um, the removal of said trees will not cause change in soil or stability as I previously mentioned. And also the tree removal will ensure public safety by reducing the potential hazard of harming property and life um, due to the, its close proximity to the path of travel and the dwellings. Regarding um, item number two, in order to grant a tree removal permit, it must be determined that any one of the following conditions is satisfied. For this item condition, um, number one would be satisfied because a tree to be removed will be replaced with a desirable tree based on the recommendation of the arborist. And as I previously mentioned, this replacement would take place within two weeks of the removal of the trees. To remove a criteria number three, um, any finding of any of the following is grounds for denial, regardless of the findings of section B to A of this section. If the tree is of healthy condition, if there's adequate provisions for drainage, erosion control, if the, trees to be, if the tree removed is uh, a member of a group of trees or the value of the tree is greater, the greater value to the neighborhood than it is an inconvenience to the owner. Due to the proximity of the, of the trees to the properties and the path of travel, um, staff believes that it, neither criteria A through E are applicable for this request. Um, staff recommends that the Planning Commission um, review the tree removal request and card findings and adopt the attached solution, which makes the required determination for approval of a tree removal permit to allow the removal of two Italian stone pines and require 24-inch coast oak live tree replacement for each tree removed subject to the conditions of approval. Alternatively, the Planning Commission may approve the tree removal permit with modifications. Continue consideration of the item for additional information or move to deny the tree removal permit identifying one or more of the findings for denial listed in section 11.12.03.B.3. Um, I apologize, I forgot to mention that we did receive a letter from Sausalito Beautiful um, expressing a concern for the tree for the tree removal and asking the planning commission um, to consider denying this request. That concludes my presentation. Um, the owner's representative, Art Gibney, is on the call as well 
is Mr. Jonathan Mo, who is a um, board member from the HOA. Uh, thank you, Contract Planner Gonzalez. Uh, at this time, uh, it's the time for commissioners to ask questions of staff. Uh, so with that, uh, Commissioner Feller, would you have any questions at this time? Uh, thank you, Chair Luxembourg. Um, Magda, um, you know, the, um, the photograph with the, um, uh, the gentleman's head, in, head injury is, is extremely unfortunate. Um, and um, that that couldn't have been fun for him. However, um, there's a lot of discussion about personal property damage, but there doesn't seem to be any evidence of that. Have you looked into this? Yes, unfortunately, they weren't able to give me the pictures that were um, listed on that email that I posted on the presentation. Um, but the applicant can testify that they've seen the damage themselves. Unfortunately, I did not see pictures of the actual property damage. Right, but from what, what you presented, they can't be sure that a pine cone smashed a, a sunroof? I mean, is that, was there any substantiation other than what you pr presented? I mean, obviously the applicant will have an opportunity to talk to, but I, I'm just trying to get my head around um, um, this. I mean, there are a lot of these species of trees around Sausalito, and I haven't heard of such an egregious um, property damage or issues of public safety. So I want to understand what's really happening here. Yeah, there. unfortunately, there wasn't anything um, conclusive, like a, a video or anything showing that the tree, that the pine cone fell on the um, sunroof. It was just the property owner's she derived to that conclusion based on what she saw when she walked outside. And, and did you meet with the HOA or did you walk the site or look at I the did, yes. Okay. And what did you have any thoughts or comments about it? Um, well, my personal thought was that it is possible because the trees are pretty big and the branches extend all the way through the parking areas and mm -hmm. um, all the, across all that grass area on the pictures. And then the last question is, I mean, there are a lot of other um, Italian stone pines um, within this HOA. Why is it these two that seem to be, you know, the culprits? Because of the damage um, that, um, because of the personal damage and the property damage they've caused. I don't think they've had any issues with any of the other ones. And I believe they've even um, met with another arborist to see if there was another resolution to avoid the pine cones from falling. So do we know which tree struck the, the gentleman's head? Tree number two, yes. Okay. And, and you can't substantiate the property damage on either tree. So we have to consider that. Um, and do you know if this HOA has these trees or any other trees on the property maintained on a regular basis? They do, and actually the day I visited, I saw the landscaping uh, vehicles um, maintaining the, the area. Okay. All right, thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Chair Luxembourg. Thank you, Commissioner Feller. Uh, Commissioner Saad, do you have any questions of staff? Um, Commissioner Feller had um, 
uh, and ask the questions. So I have those answers now that I needed, but can um, Magda, can you confirm? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Is the arborist here as well, or was it just the HOA and the property I do owner? not, I do not see him here. Yeah, it was just the, uh, it's um, the property owner representative and the HOA member. Okay. Member, yeah. And then could you confirm, um, and I believe it was in the letter from Sosley to Beautiful, but do you know from your perspective um, how many other of the pine trees there are on that, in that area, in that property? I do not recall off the top of my head. I apologize now. Okay. There's quite a few, yeah. Okay, thank you. Um, that's all I have for staff. Thank you, Chair Luxembourg. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Saad. Uh, Vice Chair Junius, do you have questions of staff? No questions for staff. Thank you, Chair Luxembourg. Uh, thank you, Vice Chair Junius. Uh, I, I just want to thank you for your presentation, uh, uh, Ms. Gonzalez, as well as uh, you had posted this actually for the previous meeting. So this was out in advance and I sent some questions and you clarified those in your report. So I appreciate the fact that uh, the, of the response in that. Um, at this point, uh, we would uh, entertain a presentation from the applicant. Uh, do we know who that is, uh, uh, Ms. Gonzalez? Yes, it's a gentleman raising his hand, um, Art. Uh, okay, uh, Art, if you could, uh, uh, if the Zoom team can unmute and allow your video to be shared, and if you could give your name and a, uh, address for the record, that would be helpful. Uh, good evening. My name is Art Gibney. I live at 16 Willow Lane, and um, I'm here tonight with Jonathan Moe to support the staff recommendation to you all. Um, the reason uh, I'm not on the board, Jonathan Moe is on the board currently. I was the board president for 15 years ago, for 15 years, and uh, have the most knowledge of the uh, history of these trees. Um, the, the first tree, the property damage tree at One Willow, uh, has a fairly long history of property damage. The, there are only two site, two references that you that are in the staff report that you're aware of. Um, my uh, history as a board president with cones hitting trees goes goes back further, and the history is much longer. Um, over the years, we've done um, a number of things to try to pre preserve the trees. This, the removal of the trees is a last resort for us. Um, initially, our consulting arborist uh, advised us that the tree at One Willow and the tree at 43 Willow were both uh, structurally unsound. So about 10 years ago, we had cables installed to make the trees structurally sound and thus preserve them. Um, when the when the incidences of property damage starting to started to evolve at one willow, that is property damage to vehicles parked under the tree. And these pine cones, by the way, are not they're fairly unique. There is they're as big as a baseball and they weigh almost a pound. They're very dense and very heavy and, and quite dangerous. And um, so we 
we had the tree more than once to try to trim the tree back away from the away from the uh, parked vehicles below, but that could only be done to a certain extent, and and that's we had it had it trimmed twice, and um, it's at its maximum. Any more trimming would put the tree off balance and um, do more harm than good. Um, we also consulted with two consulting arborists about the possibility of, of removing the pine cones every year. Uh, and that was uh, categorically not feasible, you know, physically not feasible. So um, with the more recent um, personal injury to the Bay City's employee, the HOA found itself in a position of having to realize the liability exposure that, that we face. It's real. We've been put on notice by Bay City's refuse. So to do nothing, we've done everything that we know that we've consulted with arborists that, that we can do. We can't relocate sidewalks. We can't build carports. Uh, that's innovative, but not not a feasible option for us financially or spatially. Um, so we have this liability exposure that we want to mitigate, and removal of the trees is and replace replacing them with more suitable trees is the one that we can think of, and to do nothing places us, the HOA, in in an exposed liability posture that is not, um, not something that we look forward to. Uh, thank you. Do you want Jonathan also to provide part of your presentation? Um, I don't, but he's certainly uh, free to if he would like to. I would only add, and thank you for, um, Art, thank you for what you said, and thank you for giving me a minute, is that we, yeah, as Art said, we're in no hurry to remove any trees at any time, but these uh, have created a unique problem for us. And um, as he mentioned, yeah, the pine cones are kind of unique. They're green pine cones that definitely do damage. It's unfortunate we don't have photos of all the damage they've done to cars and broken, but it's over the years, um, yeah, it's happened and it's been reported at, at HOA meetings um, and people have seen, you know, have heard the, the cones fall and hit the car and immediately turned around and seen the cone on the car or on the ground. So um, we're convinced of that. But um, so I appreciate you uh, looking at this so that it, it, it seems to be for those two trees in particular, it's what we need to do. We don't have plans to remove the other trees. We don't have the kind of uh, the history of damages from other trees on the property. So just those two in particular are the problem. Okay, thank you. You have nine, nine minutes and 27 seconds. If we have Zoom team can stop the clock, 26 seconds. Uh, and do you want, you can reserve your time uh, for after we get public comment and the commissioners ask questions, or do you want to, are there any other comments at this time? We'd like to reserve our time. Okay, th thank you, Art. 
Uh, at this point, uh, uh, commissioners have an opportunity to ask questions to the applicant. Um, Commissioner, uh, uh, Commissioner Feller. Uh, thank you, uh, Chair uh, Luxembourg. Uh, and thank you for your presentation, bring this to the Planning Commission. Um, the, the the one issue that that I'm still having is I I I, I don't there, there's really no evidence that there's property damage and if there is some evidence that can be directly correlated to it other than the poor gentleman who got struck on the head which is unfortunate and I don't make light of but but I mean I'm hearing about sort of the serial damage to to cars and everything but there doesn't seem to be um, evidence. The one letter that was included um, in the staff report um, couldn't substantiate it and, and mentioned that, that the neighbor had heard that another neighbor had some damage. But I, I'm, I'm just, um, it's difficult to make the findings without understanding uh, factually if, if any of this um, exists. So can you, can you help maybe shed some light on that um, for me? Um, I can't shed light on it. I can't produce, um, I can't produce photos or evidence that I don't have. Um, I suppose what we're asking is that you believe us, is that you, um, believe Magda's observations believe the testimonials of the people who wrote the emails and believe me that it happened. So of, so both trees are hitting people uh, with pine cones and, and damaging cars. Is it just cars? It is, are there windows or it's not, it's, it's not affecting the, the building is it is it is it just the cars the 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 tree number 1 is has a history of cars and tree number 2 has a history of people okay okay person and and um i i i know you mentioned you're not on the board now but but you were for some time and so you would probably have some insight of, about how often these trees or any other trees or the landscape in general is is maintained. Is there a, sort of a regular cycle of you know trimming, maintenance, that kind of thing? Yes, there is. It's it's fairly rigorous. It, um, we have the so the, the willows. It, we're in Whiskey Springs subdivision, and but we're separate from Whiskey Springs. And there, there's a remarkable difference between tree-wise between the two. We have a large number of very large trees. And these two that we're talking about are, are two of them. And we have the property uh, inspected by a consulting arborist twice a year. And we have uh, tree work performed twice a year. And that's been ongoing for, for 15 years. Yeah, well, I mean, I assume that's why both these trees are in very healthy condition uh, and why they've grown to be heritage trees as they're maintained. Is that is that fair to say? 
What's the definition of a heritage tree? The, the definition, it's, it's based on, on, on a diameter of sort of the base trunk. Um, and I think Magda has that in her presentation, but they're both considered heritage. Okay. Which is, you know, probably a large part of why it was um, referred uh, to the planning commission here for, for the permit. Oh, right. All right. Thank you, uh, Chair Luxembourg. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Feller. Uh, Commissioner Saad, do you have questions of the applicant? I would just like to know if the applicant can confirm how many other pine trees are um, located in your property. Well, it depends. The two trees that we are requesting to be removed are Italian stone pines. So we have more Italian stone pines on the property, but we also have other pines on the property, like Monterey pine. So- Would you happen to know how many other Italian stone pines as well? Um, I don't have the exact number, but I would guess at six. And are they roughly, would you, would you have an understanding? And this is why I was asking about the arborist. Would you have any understanding as to the age of all of those stone pines? I ask because it does seem specific from what the staff report is saying and what you're describing that it is just these two trees that are causing um, these issues. Um, just trying to understand why potentially those other stone pines, are they, are they not as mature or is there any difference that you can articulate perhaps for us? My, my guess is that these trees, all the stone pines were planted when the development was initiated, which was 1978. So that's how old probably they are. Um, now to your question of why, why these two, it's not only, it's not only that tree number one wrecks cars and tree number two hits hit, hit a person. The question is why, the question that is why, why did, do these pine cones fall? And as is mentioned in the Arbor's report in your package, it's because of squirrels. So what happens is the, the pine cones develop and normally a pine cone in a tree uh, develops as a green hard cone and eventually it dries out and opens and the seeds fall down and then the cone falls down but it's a springy soft nice cone these are falling when they're at their heaviest and most dense and the reason they're falling out of these two trees is that the squirrels are nibbling this is the arborist uh, opinion based on evidence. The squirrels in these these two trees are gnawing at the stems holding the cones and dropping them. Thank you. Um, thank you, Art, and thank you, Chair um, Luxembourg. Those are all the questions I have. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Saad. Uh, Vice Chair Junius, do you have questions of the applicant? Yes, thank you, Chair Luxembourg. Um, I'm, I'm curious, you mentioned, um, and I'm, I'm glad you brought it up, that you you can't afford or don't want to build carports. You've got a number of carports. 
in your community there at the Willows. It would seem that that's possible. Um, HOAs oftentimes have to make expenses and do supplemental uh, assessments to deal with property issues. And it would, it seemed to me that yeah, that should might've been investigated at some point in the past. Have you ever considered covering the cars that are being, you know, allegedly damaged here by the trees with a carport? The, the cost, the, the, the space available there would doesn't lend itself. To, yes, we do have carports at the Willows. The space available there would have to be transformed in a major way to, to create a carport to begin with. And then there's the cost of a carport. I mean, we're doing uh, special assessments above and beyond the normal monthly assessments. Now, every year, every several years to do things like paving and roofs and to saddle the HOA with a carport to protect it from pine cones isn't our first priority. Thank you, Chair Luxembourg. Uh, thank you, Vice Chair Junius. Um, uh, I also had a question. I had a similar question as Commissioner Saad about. I, I, you said there were six uh, Italian pines in addition to the two, so a total of eight or a total of six. I, I'm guessing a total of eight. Total of eight. Okay. That, that's an estimate. I, I saw at least additional five. So my my question is similar. Uh, Aren't those going to have the same problem, if not today, in the future, uh, with the squirrels getting up there and knocking the, especially what you called, I think, tree number two, there's like two or three trees right next to it. So why, and, and those are over the road and where people might walk. Aren't those going to be a problem in the future and a liability issue as well? I don't know. Okay, uh, so you're you're just doing this for these because incidents have occurred. That's correct, and okay. and the and we've been put on notice by Bay Cities, and we want to mitigate our liability exposure. Like, okay. Um, uh, do commissioners have any other questions? Uh, if, if so, raise your hand or acknowledge. Uh, Commissioner Saad. I just have one more question. And, and again, it's probably better suited for an arborist, but if you have any understanding, um, I believe the staff report said that if, you know, if they remain, they'll ins inspect the cables annually. Um, do you know what that may achieve? What, what that would achieve, so the, the cables are installed to enhance the structural stability of the tree, of the trees. Um, through the stresses placed on them and corrosion of weather, sometimes cables will break. So if a cable snaps, um, it increases the risk that the tree will, could split in half. So it's important that the cables are inspected so that the stability of the tree is ensured. Okay, that was my understanding as well, but I think we may agree then. It, it's fair to say that they 
that has the cable has nothing to do specifically with the pine cones. Does that That's sound correct. correct to you? Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Chair Luxembourg. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Saad. Um, if, if there's uh, Commissioner Junius. Thank you, Chair Luxembourg. Uh, one final question. Um, it, do you have a, a estimate of the cost of removal of these massive trees? Yes. Um, you might to remove, all this. Certainly. Uh, uh, tree number one within a, it is around $6,000, and tree number two is around $5,000. Thank you. Just any other com a commissioner fellow? Forgive me, I'm just a follow-on question to that. D does that include re removal of the stump, like grinding the stump out for the potential of um, planting a more mature live coastal oak? Um, it does include stump grinding, um, but the replacement tree probably wouldn't be placed right in the center of it, it would be offset to because there are very large, massive uh, roots system. So we want to place the new tree as close to the old tree as possible, but probably not zero center. Okay. Thank you, Chair Luxembourg. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Feller. Are there any other questions from the commissioners? Uh, at, at this point, uh, we will go to the uh, hearing public comments. Uh, Ms. Gonzalez, you, you said there was a letter from Sausalito Beautiful. Can you have that posted to the agenda for, uh, for the record on that letter? Were there any other letters uh, beyond the ones that were part of the original application that have come in since it's been posted? Yeah, the other one that I mentioned from the resident at One Willow, which is pretty much the same information she provided and the one that was included on <clears throat> the staff report and documents. Okay, if you could have that one posted as well, just yeah. for the record. Uh, and at this point, uh, we will open it up for public comment. Uh, um, Director Phipps, if you can help me look for it to see if uh, anybody's raising their hand to make public comment on this item. I'm not seeing any, are you seeing any? Chair uh, uh, Luxembourg, I'm seeing uh, Jonathan's hand raised. Uh, well, Jonathan, you're part of the okay. part of the applicant team and we're gonna give you your nine minutes and 26 seconds okay. to, to, uh, to make further comments or respond to questions that have already been raised or thoughts on the questions and answers that have been raised. So I uh, just want to get the public part. Um, Seeing no other raised hands for public comment, Chair Luxembourg. Okay. Uh, thank you, Director Phipps. So at this point, we'll close public comment, uh, the public hearing portion of the of this item, and we will give it back to the applicant to make any additional comments that they would like. Uh, Art or Jonathan, uh, who would like to go first? I will. Thank you, Art. Go ahead. Well, um, I'd like to just reiterate that we're here to support the application to remove the trees and support the staff recommendation. Um, liability for us is the main driver here. Um, so we 
if if there was not a permit process, if there was uh, no requirement that we make a a, per, a permit application to remove the trees, the trees would be removed. So we're coming to you, to the city, to help us uh, manage our liability and partner with us to get us to a place where if there is hope, if there is another incident of personal injury or property damage, we can demonstrate some reasonable action that we took. Okay. Uh, Jonathan, further comments? Great, thank you. Um, I just I wanted to add and to address previous questions about it again, about why these two trees and how are they different from any of the other six-ish trees. Um, and I would just say, again, the location of those trees is in common walkways or parking areas. So that's that's why I think all the complaints have centered around those two trees and the other any other trees just haven't generated those kinds of complaints. So, and also the issue of um, healthy trees, talking about whether they're healthy trees, these two are also um, different, I think, in that they are, uh, whether they're older or larger, it's hard to tell, but they're heavily cabled. They each have several cables, as we've talked about, that need maintenance and observation. So that's just something to consider when we're thinking about healthy trees. Okay. Uh, any further comments? You still have seven minutes if you need it, or you can waive your additional time. Thank you for your time. Okay, thank, thank you all. At this point, uh, we'll bring it back up to the dais, but stay around in case there are further questions from the commissioners, uh, both Art and Jonathan. Uh, at this point, if we could start maybe with Com uh, Commissioner Fowler. Sure, thank you, um, Chair Luxembourg. Um, you know, I I understand, you know, what, what the applicant is, is trying to do here. Um, I would say that having cables on a tree does not equal an unhealthy tree by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, these are two very healthy trees. Um, and as confirmed by um, the professionals and experts, um, I, personally, I, I, I'm struggling with sort of a lack of evidence as to why they really actually need to be removed. These are heritage trees. This is not just, you know, a small little uh, dinky sapling in someone's backyard. These are um, uh, deemed heritage for a reason and, and uh, therefore should be elevated in terms of consideration. Um, I, it, it's, you know, we have to be careful with precedent setting where there's a lack of evidence of all this damage that we're, we're hearing of um, that just leaves the floodgates open for uh, other people taking down heritage trees. And, and we have to do everything we can to preserve them um, while still finding a balance, you know, should there be any uh, substantiated issue. But I, I don't believe that I could make the findings as defined um, and so I would not support uh, the approval of this request. Thank you, Chair Luxembourg. Thank you, Commissioner Fowler. Commissioner Saad. Um, thank you, Chair Luxembourg. Uh, I completely 
concur with Commissioner Feller. Um, I, I do think the only acceptable evidence um, would be that photo from the Bay City's refuse, but it is, uh, to, to that degree, I can see potentially making the case for one. It is a joint application for both, so I don't know how that might work, but I am having a hard time um, and am concerned that without a proper package in front of us that really shows us what we're looking at and it's not to not to discredit what the applicant is saying um but when we're when we're here to make a determination that will be on record um, we do want to do our due diligence to make sure everything is um, in check so that future applications can refer to those as well and i'm i'm concerned without having that to move forward um and and make a determination to take out a heritage tree without more evidence as well. So um, with that, I'd be interested to hear what the other commissioners are thinking, but at this point, I am not able to um, make the findings comfortably um, with this with this application. Thank you, Commissioner Saad. Uh, Vice Chair Junius. Thank you, Chair Luxembourg. Yeah, you know, let me let me start by saying I, I'm extraordinarily sympathetic to the plight of the HOA here. I don't think there's any question it's difficult to deal with these issues. I know the board has, um, uh, you know, budgets and, you know, uh, things have to be dealt with on a regular basis. I don't know how, I, I don't know the number of units in your complex, but it is relatively large complex. It, it dates back to the seventies. These, these are magnificent, gorgeous trees. Um, and I know this is, you know, it, it sounds like this is the, what you believe is the last resort um, to make this application, but um, you know, there's just a lot of things that, you know, in addition to what Commissioner Saad and Chair Feller, Commissioner Feller have, have been talking about in terms of just evidence, I just look at the totality of the circumstances here. You have a, an incredibly beautiful community. These trees are part of that community. Um, they're, they're very old. You know, they're as old as your complex. Um, they, they lend an enormous amount of character to your complex. I think the reason why they're as big as they are and that to the extent that this has been kind of a nagging problem for for you folks in terms of property damage, you know, it's gone on for 50 years. I mean, maybe the last 10 or 20 years is when it's really been happening as the trees have gotten really large, but you know, they're, they're really special parts of, of both your community and the Willows and, and, you know, Sausalito themselves. I mean, you know, I, I walk through your community on occasion and I'm fascinated by the wonderful trees you have, and you've done such a great job and you've spent so much time caring for them and trying to keep them, you know, this just seems just so dramatic in the other direction. I'm I'm just kind of sad for that, that, that it's come to this. Um, so I just wanted to start with that kind of general comment. The other comment is I, I was I was pleased to see that the that the the arborist actually estimated the, the actual value of those trees. You know, maybe it cost you ten or fifteen thousand dollars to remove them. They're worth more than a hundred thousand dollars. And that's I, I think that's low. These are irreplaceable, enormous incredible trees that you've cared for for decades and there's got to be a better way to deal with this problem that this isn't this can't be the only way and that's why i asked about the carport um i you know i i guess i when i was when i walked through and i saw the poster and i looked up i didn't carefully look at your parking situation for for which whichever side has got the parking but I, you know i, I gotta believe that 
since you've got plenty of carports in there, just another matching carport for the area where the, the pine cones occasionally seem to hit the cars, if that's, you know, happening often. And that, that can't be that expensive, you know, and, it, and, and that's what, you know, I, I mean, I, I appreciate that going back to the HOA and saying, look, we might have to build a carport for, you know, five parking spaces. Well, you know, maybe you got to do that. Um, there's, you've got a number of spaces of cars that are already covered in, with, with carports in your facility, in your complex. I think, I don't see why you wouldn't try to at least estimate how much that would cost, get that, you know, into your budget. I know that's hard, but that it again the 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 cost of that versus losing a trees that are worth hundreds of thousands of dollars would seem like something you'd want to consider. Um, and so I I'm, I'm I think I'm with uh, the other commissioners. I can't really make the findings for removal and the specific finding for denial of this permit, which I think would be under 3D uh, that uh, Planner Gonzalez referenced. You know, it's really kind of a balancing. Um, you know, the value of this tree to the community is high in my opinion and you haven't gone far enough to explain why it has to be removed if, if you came back and said it'll cost a million dollars to build a carport and you gave us information and and you and, and to chair feller's point you gave us tons of data for you know 10 years of car damage and people getting hurt a different story but you brought us a pretty light case in terms of true evidence and i don't think you've investigated the carport uh you know angle uh, quite enough uh, so that that that's on one side, and and possibly you know a, a, a covered walkway for a portion uh, that's under the canopy of the tree. I mean these things are doable. And I I really would hope that you would consider them because I think um, I'm in agreement with the other uh, commissioners that I, I can't support the the tree removal permit. I'm sorry. Uh, thank you, uh, Vice Chair Junius. Um, uh, I. I also feel for the issue that's here. Uh, I, I totally believe that the damage that you've identified is is the cost. Uh, you know, the, the, the cars have been hit and people have been hurt, and that is a problem. And uh, and it's. Uh, but I concur with Commissioner Junius that there's got to be a solution, short of removing a hundred thousand dollars worth of trees, uh, to solve this problem. So. Uh, and I, I, I would concur that, you know, for the walkways, it could be a little, you know, if you know where they're falling, generally, there could be like a little covering and there might be a, a carport uh, for, for that and maybe some other things, or maybe there's a way to put some netting in. I don't know the answer, but it did trouble me when I saw the arborist value of the trees and also the arborist clearly says they're healthy. So you know, are, you know, if, if they were, if they were dying or they were whatever that, then I'd understand, but I, I, I have to concur with the other commissioners on this. Um, uh, at this point, uh, I, uh, commissioners, what, what is your pleasure? Is there somebody want to entertain a motion of some sort? I'll make a motion, um, um, uh, for your consideration. Uh, regarding item uh, 6A as it's published uh, on our agenda this evening, I'd like to make a motion to deny uh, the tree removal permit request uh, for project ID number 20220189 um, uh, based on lack of lack of evidence. Second that motion uh, and specifically state that I, uh, uh, with respect to 
finding 3D that I cannot make that finding with respect to the balancing act between the, the value of the trees to the community and the other options that are available to deal with the situation. Agreed. Any questions on the motion? Uh, I just posited uh, uh, from, I guess, really from uh, Assistant City Attorney uh, Rudin, are we better off just citing um, the the issue of 3D, which is the value of the uh, neighborhood is greater than the inconvenience to the owner, rather than suggesting the lack of evidence, because that's a little bit, uh, I mean, I don't know that that's specific enough. Um, or, or is that a, the, you have a, any issue with that the motion being worded that way? Um, I would suggest that you um, phrase the motion as denial based on uh, 3D, the value of the tree to the neighborhood is greater than the inconvenience to the owner as stated by uh, uh, Vice Chair Junius. And additionally, in the alternative, you can make um, other findings uh, that say, for example, the removal is not necessary to um, ensure public safety, which is the basis that the applicant has presented to you, um, if that is your pleasure. Uh, so you could phrase it that way. You, you could just identify that you are you are unable to make any of the findings in 11, 12, 030, B1. Well, 11, 12, I have to look at the, the thing. What's 11, 12, uh, which part of the... Uh, in order to grant a tree removal permit, uh, tree removal or alteration permit must be determined that the removal or alteration is necessary in order to accomplish any one of the following objectives. To ensure public safety as it relates to the health okay. of the tree, potential hazard to life and property, proximity to existing or proposed structures, interference with utility or sewers, to allow reasonable enjoyment of the property, um, including sunlight, yada, yada, yada to take reasonable advantage of views, to pursue good professional practices of forestry or landscape design. So basically you would be finding, uh, you know, not only is that there is there a mandatory ground for denial, but there is no ground for approval. Okay. Uh, I think the record should specifically refer, reflect that there's no, not enough evidence has been presented to support any of those findings for removal. Is that fair, Chair, or Commissioner Feller? Yes, I agree with that. I agree with that amendment and, um, support that motion. Okay, so uh, 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 the motion has been amended to uh, reflect the conditions uh, that the conditions for approval have not been made and then the condition for denial of 3D will be also specified. Um, uh, and that's uh, the person who made the second agrees with the amendments. I do. Uh, with that, uh, uh, Director uh, Phipps, can you call the roll on, on this item? Certainly. Thank you, Chair Luxembourg. Commissioner Saab? Yes. Chair Luxembourg? Uh, yes. Vice Chair Junius? Yes. Commissioner Feller? Yes. Motion carries. Uh, Arden Jonathan, thank you for your time this evening. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Yes. Uh, with that, uh, we are going to move on to item 6B. Before we do that, uh, I missed one item that I would like to go back to. Uh, for the sake of the public hearings, if each commissioner has any ex parte communications, 
related to uh, the public hearing portion of our uh, 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 hearing this evening, if they could so state. Uh, uh, Commissioner Feller. Uh, I have no ex parte communications um, to declare. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Saad. Nothing to declare. Thank you. Uh, Vice Chair Junius. Nothing to declare. And I also have nothing to declare. Uh, thank you all. Uh, apologize that that came on slightly out of order. Uh, at this point, we're going to go to item 6B, uh, which is a public hearing about 3 Curry Avenue. Uh, I will turn it over to uh, Director Phipps to uh, initiate that item. Thank you. Thank you, Chair Luxembourg, and I will pass the mic to Contract Planner Magda Gonzalez to present. I'm sorry, give me just a second to share my screen. Second item that I am presenting to you today is a request for 3 Curry Avenue, the Hudson residence. The applicant is Melissa Kim with Futuro Architects and the property owner is Mr. William Hudson. The request is approval of a design review permit, a conditional use permit and an encroachment agreement. The design review um, request includes um, the remote remodeling the existing residence, adding dormers, replacing windows and doors, adding a walkway, adding a new interior layout to the existing residence, expanding the stone patio and adding a grass grill, expanding the driveway, which currently fits one or two vehicles depending on the type of vehicle, and um, to accommodate three to four vehicles and demolish the existing um, detached garage, which is currently 504 square foot and adding, building a new one, which would be 605 square foot. The existing garage extends outside of the property line onto the right-of-way. This new proposal will correct that and the new um, garage will be built within pretty much the same footprint, but it will push it back and it won't, um, extend into the right-of-way as much as the existing garage does. The conditional use permit is for a 1,843 square foot additional accessory dwelling unit, which will be partially located above the proposed garage. The first level is 1,340 square feet. It will have a workshop and um, a kitchen. The second floor would be a one bedroom and uh, one bath. And the height would be 20 feet, um, which is the same height as the primary residence. Um, a conditional use permit is required for any deviation from what is currently approved or um, permitted in the municipal code. A one bedroom, uh, one bath or studio ADU is allowed 850 square feet and um, a height of 16 feet. As you can see, this one exceeds that. Um, as part of the conditional use um, permit approval, it is also required that the applicant record a um, affordable rental agreement. Um, the applicant, oh, I'm sorry, the property owner has met with staff and um, city council, legal council to um, discuss this and it's an agreement. 
and he will record this um, 10-year very low income rental agreement prior to obtaining um, a certificate of compliance from the building division. I also want to note that although this ADU seems um, rather large, the parcel that it would be located on is 12,035 square feet, which is one of the larger parcels. And where they're proposing to locate it, um, it wouldn't impact views from the neighbors, um, the neighbor to the side, which is Seven Curry, and the one in the rear are at a higher level than where this property sits. There's an encroachment agreement already in place for the um, retaining wall um, adjacent to the garage, and they obtained um, the property obtained an encroachment agreement to remove and replace that one back in 2014. Um, this the request is for two retaining walls. One will be adjacent to the garage as circled here. That one will be 10 feet tall. Um, and then the one standing in front of the property of the residence would uh, have varying heights from three feet, six inches to six foot, eight inches. Um, and it is, it wouldn't be visible to the property owner, to the surrounding property because there's, I'm not sure if you can see, there's this light gray line, um, my cursors over it. That's an existing fence. So as you can tell the property that um, retaining wall sits further back. And as I previously mentioned, um, the driveway would be uh, widened. It currently allows, the current width of the driveway is 12 feet, seven inches. We're proposing to widen, widen it to 16 feet and to um, clearly designate parking for um, on the driveway. The current driveway doesn't have specific um, parking designated. It's kind of odd shaped. So this would correct it and redesign it to, um, to easy, easily accommodate that parking. The granting of the encroachment agreement would not set any um, negative precedent. As you can see by this list, um, there are a number of encroachment agreements that have been granted on um, the curry for various uses, including uh, a driveway ramp with two tandem parking spaces, a parking deck, a deck replacement, um, two-car garage fronting the street, a fence, a gate, trash enclosure, retaining wall, and stairway and retaining wall and um, concrete stairs as well. Um, the color scheme of the proposed ADU would be the same as the existing dwelling. The materials that they're proposing are um, Staff Lake red shingles. As shown on the picture on the left-hand side, the picture in the middle is of an existing mechanical room. And that's the same color scheme that they're proposing for the new ADU, which is matches the existing residence. This stone is what they're proposing on the stone patio. And um, you can see the wood siding, the painted windows and door casings. These are some pictures of the story poles. On the left-hand side, um, you can see the flat, floor, flat, flat roof of the existing garage and the story poles for the proposed ADU. On the right-hand side, um, 
they, those are the story poles for the dormers. They look like they would be a little bit higher than the roof, but um, that's just a bad angle for that picture. On the left-hand side is another picture showing you um, the view towards um, Seven Curry. As you can tell by this picture, Seven Curry is um, sitting at a higher level than is um, Three Curry, therefore the views wouldn't impact it. And it's even um, the proposed ADUs is sitting at a lower level than the existing deck um, shown right here at the corner of this picture. On the right-hand side, you'll see another um, angle of the proposed um, ADU and referenced this gentleman. Um, on the left-hand side of this picture is the existing deck on the property, as I previously mentioned. You can see the story pole sit lower than um, the existing deck. And on the right-hand side, um, that is the view to another direction. As you can see, it will not obstruct any views from the property, um, surrounding property owners. This item was taken to the Historic Preservation Commission on November 3rd, where the commission concurred with staff and determined that the property does not qualify as a historical resource according to the criteria contained in Public Resource Code Section 21084.1 and Title 14, um, California Code of Regulations Section 15064.5. Also, the project is exempt from the California Envi Environmental Quality Act uh, pursuant to Section 15301 and 15303. Um, I do want to note that I received um, a letter from the property owner at Seven Curry. She had concerns regarding traffic, parking, and noise. Um, I reached out to her a, a couple of times to discuss the items. Um, she didn't go into further detail, but the property owner did provide a letter from his general contractor indicating the um, measures that they will take during construction and that they are proposing to carpool, meet in for the uh, employees to meet somewhere else and carpool one vehicle to the site as to not obstruct um, any road parking and that they'll conduct um, their operations during regular business hours that are allowed on the municipal code. And that letter was provided to uh, the resident at Seven Curry. Um, I didn't hear anything from her after that. Um, she just requested to know when the planning commission hearing was going to take place. Um, for a summary of the findings, the project is consistent with the general plan for the neighborhood. It is an overall enhancement of the existing um, site features. And the proposal um, maintains the design character of the neighborhood and district. As the exterior of the existing main house will remain the same and the new accessory dwelling unit will be built in the same character as the main house. The design and location of the project maintains adequate light and air for the project site adjacent properties and the general public. The landscaping, fencing, fenestration deck configurations are all within the style of the existing house. And the large size of the parcel can easily accommodate the proposed size and the height of the ADU without significantly adversely affecting the views, privacy, or access to light, air of neighboring properties. 
Also, the proposed encroachment is compatible with the surrounding area and will not diminish visual or physical enjoyment of the street. Such staff recommends that the Planning Commission adopt the resolution to approve the design review permit, the conditional use permit, and the encroachment agreement for the project as proposed subject to the conditions of approval. Alternatively, the Planning Commission may continue the hearing for additional information and or project revisions or direct staff to prepare a solution for denial stating the specific reasons any one or more of the findings cannot be made. That concludes um, my presentation. The applicant, Melissa Kim, is on the call as well as the property owner, Mr. Willow Hudson. Uh, thank you, Ms. Gonzalez. Uh, I wanna thank you for your report and also uh, this was posted uh, for the prior meeting that it needed to be uh, canceled and that allowed time to get comments in and questions and clarifications, which you were, you then got your report reposted with those corrections. So I appreciate you doing that. Uh, at this point, uh, it will be time for questions from staff. Uh, I will start with uh, Commissioner Saad. Uh, thank you, Chair Luxembourg. Um, thank you, Magda, for the report. Could you please explain, just so I am understanding for the encroachment permits, what's the relation between the new encroachment permit and the one that they have previously? Could you articulate that for me? Yeah, the new one, the, the new retaining wall would be the one located at the front of the um, property. The existing wall will be modified and that's the one on the side of the garage. Would you mind pulling up um, your presentation? And I just want to see, it was one of your earlier slides where you did have the encroachment uh, conversation happening. Yeah, give me I, just a second. Sure. That's the one. I might have misheard you. And so that could be where I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around it. Did you say, could you go over what you said on this slide? You had said that there was that the, the sure. line that's behind, um, is that where the encroachment is currently? Um, so this line right here is a property mm -hmm. line. Okay. Um, this circle here is labeling the um, proposed retaining wall. There's a retaining wall here, but it's going to be modified. And this is the new retaining wall. This um, area highlighted in yellow in the bottom is a new retaining wall. Okay. And what I had mentioned, um, which probably caused confusion, was that um, the line where my cursor is placed is a fence not a retaining wall. I was just wanted to indicate that the retaining wall wouldn't be visible from to other neighbors because there's already vegetation and a fence on, um, on the site. And is that fence then, if that property line is back there, is that fence currently within an encroachment? 
I didn't find any encroachment specific to the fence, but I imagine it is because it has been there for a while. I also couldn't find the original um, encroachment agreement for the retaining wall adjacent to the <clears throat> to the garage. I just found this newer one from 2014 to remove it and replace it. Okay, and I think maybe if the applicant is here, I can ask the applicant. I think I'm having a little bit of a hard time rectifying unless my fellow commissioners can correct me that the property line is is all the way back there and there's an existing fence, but I wasn't, I don't believe I saw a fence being included in any existing encroachment. So the the, the current encroachment permit that's in front of us this evening does not cover this, the line that you were just showing us, correct? With that fence? The X16 fence? No. Okay. Okay. I just want to make sure I'm following all that. Yeah. Um, and then thank you. Thank you, Magda, for showing that. Um, and I did have one question and it's a little nitpicky, but I was looking. So the ADU is to be 1,843 and I saw that in more than one place, but I did see on page six. So I believe that's what it says in this staff, excuse me, the conditions of approval, it has um, the breakout of 1,340 for the lower level and 503 for the top, which adds up. But in the staff report, I believe on page three, I saw some different numbers. So I just wanted to make sure we're all looking at the correct so under the conditional use permit on the staff report on page three, sort of halfway down that big chunk of text, it says the applicant is proposing an 1,843 square foot ADU. And then it has a different um, square footage for the first level. It has 1,062 square feet. And then it has the same 503 square feet on the second level. So I just want to make sure that we're definitely saying that the ADU is 1,800, 1,843 square feet. Is that correct? Um, that is correct. There should have been, um, that was a typo on my part and I should have corrected. I believe, I thought I had on the la latest version of the staff report. Okay. Okay. So we'll, we'll move forward with understanding it's definitely the 1,800, yes. 1,843 square feet. Okay. Um, and I think actually those were all the questions that I had uh, for staff at this time. Thank you, uh, Chair Luxembourg. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Saad. Uh, uh, Commissioner uh, um, Feller, uh, would you have any questions of this staff? Uh, thank you, Chair Luxembourg. And um, yeah, Magna, thank you also for the presentation. Um, I do have a couple questions here and um, the first round is sort of around dates of drawings versus dates of comments. I just want to make sure that what, what we're looking at, um, because in attachment seven, um, the Southern Marin Fire conditions of approval are based on drawings from May. And if I'm looking at this correctly, which, you know, again, I might not be, but you need to help help me here. The project calculations are completely different than what's on the drawings that we see in front of us here. And um, 
I guess the vegetation management plan is not approved yet, or uh, I don't know if there's a, a better planting plan uh, that we have, but can you just help me understand if those comments in attachment seven apply to what we're looking at here? Because these plans are dated September 1st. They do apply. Um, every time we've I've received any revisions, I always forward it to DPW and fire again. Um, they won't change their comments if the same comments apply. Okay, but the 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 project um, square footages look really different. It says the existing square footage is 1,415 and the proposed is 4,207. I mean, that's totally different than what we've been talking about. So I just wanna make sure we're clear, um, you know, for, for any action that the commission takes tonight, we have to be very clear um, you know, what, what conveys and, and what is maybe out of date and what needs to be uh, fixed or revised. So can you help, help me understand this? Yeah, um, I can definitely ask them to revise that specific section, but the con same conditions um, apply to the proposal as it was before and when it was revised. Okay, because that's a huge difference of square footage. And I, uh, you know, I, I'm not here to say which one's right or wrong. I just want to make sure that um, everything's copacetic here. Yeah. Okay. Um, the other thing is, when were the story polls certified? Um, let me look at the document. Uh, September 8th okay. of 2022. Okay, great. Um, and there have been no modifications since then? No, ma'am. Okay, great. Thank you for that. Um, and then I, um, the uh, site plan that you were just looking at with Commissioner Saad um, identified what I believed to have been two parking spots in the driveway yet you had mentioned that there was space for four. Um, it doesn't look like there's a lot of space for four, but maybe maybe there is. So um, can you confirm if there's space for four or if there's only space for two based on the drawing? It would depend on the type of vehicle. We're assuming um, that they will use the two designated ones and then the other area of the driveway for parking as well. Okay, so on the site plan, you have two two spots identified. Correct. And then you would just tandem park behind those two other cars? Yeah. Okay. And what is the requirement for parking for that accessory dwelling unit then? Is it two, two spots, I'm assuming? There is no parking required because it is within um, half a mile of public transportation. Oh, okay, okay. Which which public transportation spot? 
Um, there are two stops, one on Bridgeway and Pine Street and Bridgeway and Turney Street. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. That's, that's, I'm, I'm glad you've clarified that. That's good to know. Um, and then can, you know, there's been, you know, um, I, I walk past this property quite a lot and certainly did, um, more often during COVID for, you know, your own sanity purposes, walking around the neighborhood. Um, there's been ongoing tons of work on this property. Can you please for the record, give us the chronology and history of all, all the ongoing work. What was permitted? What isn't permitted? What part of these permits are sort of making up for maybe work that wasn't permitted? And I don't know, maybe it was all permitted. So please forgive me. But there's been quite a lot of activity on, on this uh, property. And so I'm, I'm trying to understand what uh, it, what work has already been completed that was permitted and, and what, what is really uh, going on over there? Um, I am not aware of any unpermitted work. I am personally not aware of any. Um, my understanding is that they had permits for the structures that are on there. So what permits in the recent history were pulled on this property? Um, give me just a second. I'm sorry, I can't find my notes um, with the permitted work, with the uh, history of the permits for this property. Okay, well, maybe maybe you can continue looking. I don't I don't want to hold yeah. out. Um, you know, my fellow commissioners or or the applicant or or this whole hearing for that, but maybe if you can keep looking as as we keep uh, going on. Um, uh, so I, you know what. Uh, Thank you, Chair Luxemburg. Uh, those are my questions for for now. Um, I'll wait to hear back from Magda on on the rest of it. Thank you, uh, Commissioner Feller. Thank you, uh, uh, Vice Chair Junius. Do you have questions of uh, staff? No questions for staff. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Uh, at this point, um, Ms. Gonzalez, uh, we're going to move on to uh, the applicant. I I note in your staff report. I just noticed this. The property owner is William Hudson, and the uh, applicant is Melissa Kim with Sutro Architects. Uh, on behalf of the owner, you have the property owner listed under project information as uh, Melissa Kim. So, if you could correct that to William Hudson, if that's the correct item. Yeah, I thought that was corrected as well, but uh, yes, I will. I will correct. Okay, that would be good. At this, uh, Commissioner Saad, additional questions of staff. You know what? I was just scanning really quick, and I I haven't double checked this, but um, at the top of the staff report that I just lost, um, I believe it just says uh, the authority for the conditional use permit zoning ordinance uh, ten point four six oh four oh. I'm pretty sure that's historic preservation. 
I, I, I won't hold us up either, but we might just want to double check that um, in the municipal code and correct that if. Well, uh, uh, up at the top page? page, page one under the authority of the staff report. I was just looking for something else and it just caught my eye. And I, I just, I believe 10.46 is historic preservation. I don't, I don't have um, conditional use permit off the top of my head, but I, I feel like something might be off. Um, so we might just want to double check that. Uh, Ms. Gonzalez, uh, any comment on that issue or you'll check that out? Yes, I'll check that right now. Okay, thank you. Uh, at this point, uh, we'll, we'd like to get a presentation from uh, the applicant. Uh, does uh, Ms. Kim, do you want to do it on behalf of the owner? Would the owner like to start? Uh, you have 15 minutes to make a presentation. Uh, who would like to start? Uh, Zoom team, can you un, uh, uh, unmute both, both Mr. Uh, Mr. Hudson and is Mr. Hudson on the call? He is, and Stephen yeah. Sutro from our office is as well. Uh, okay. Uh, I don't see Mr. Hudson's video, but can we unmute Mr. Hudson? Um, Hi there, nice to be here. Okay, thank you very much, Mr. Austin. So at this point, um, uh, Ms. Kim and uh, who, uh, Mr. Sutro, who, who's gonna be doing the presentation? I'm happy to give a, a brief presentation. Magda, if you would put up the drawings again, starting with the site plan, and we can just go to an extra elevation after that, I'll make it brief. Yeah, can you just a second? Um, though the property is not found to be a historic resource, we're treating it um, almost as if it were. Um, the um, project proposed for the house is to preserve the architecture as it stands, um, with the exception of adding dormers um, on the roof line to get more head height in the cramped attic space. Um, but we'll um, is really interested in um, the existing charm of the house and preserving that charm, um, both in terms of form and material. So you saw on the materials board, we're keeping the, um, the longer kind of historic uh, shakes um, and, um, and with the contrasting color, uh, dark trim, uh, green trim and stone. And the idea for the ADU, so he's expanding the home in the basement um, rearranging um, a little bit of the spaces inside um, and creating a little bit more head height in the attic. And then the, um, the ADU, the driveways, um, very narrow, is not paved, um, is, is not really functioning. So um, we're trying to make the driveway safe and the mouth of the driveway safe, make the garage function. It's an old kind of carriagey kind of thing. And then in, um, Will wanted to create more space, um, like the idea of creating an, an ADU to increase housing stock and create flexibility uh, for the use of the property. And so um, is um, using the idea of the ADU to create that flexibility and the architecture of it is meant to um, be compatible with the main house. And so the, the palette matches, the details match by and large. Um, and so um, 
that's the gist of it. Where we um, separate it, you know, the, the garage needs to be replaced because it's falling down. And so trying to um, consolidate the construction effort um, and trying to uh, be respectful of the existing house by giving it some space. And so the outdoor courtyard um, that is there and, and would be modified a little bit kind of creates an outdoor room that seems kind of charming in the hillside responding to the topography. The hill gets quite steep in the back half of the lot. Um, and um, the um, there is no retaining wall on the uphill side of the driveway, as Magda mentioned. So we're making a retaining wall there to shore up the driveway. Um, and similarly, at the, at the bottom edge of the driveway, the bottom hand of the, uh, hand of the drawing, making the driveway competent there so it doesn't, um, doesn't fall down. And um, otherwise, we're trying to kind of use the property in the same way that it has historically been used. Um, and to answer a commissioner's question about what has been under construction for such a long time, I understand the sense of frustration about that the neighbors have had and the community has had about the construction. Um, we are not the authors, me meaning Stephen and Melissa, we are the architect uh, uh, for this project. We are not the architect for the previous phase. The previous phase um, was the deck that's up at the top of the property. Um, and there is a, um, a small bathroom, steam room um, on that deck. And that um, was done with a contractor that um, with whom Will has had, you know, kind of a touch and go relationship. It's been a long <laughs> process for Will and he's looking forward to working with a builder that is very organized for this phase. So he regrets that it's taken so long and hopes to change that and finish the, the um, scope of work necessary to fix the property and make it stable um, in, a, in an efficient way. Um, so that's, that's all that we have to talk about unless there are questions from the commission. Okay, you have 10 minutes and 40 to 40 seconds if the Zoom team can stop the clock uh, that you can, uh, after the public hearing, or respond to comments or respond to commissioner's comments. Uh, commissioner's questions are not part of, of your 10 minutes, your overall 15 minute presentation. Thank you. Uh, at, at this point, I will ask uh, commissioners for uh, any questions that they have. I'll start with uh, Commissioner Saad. Thank you. Um, thank you for the presentation. Um, would you be able to comment perhaps on the question that I answered specific to the encroachment permit um, that, that Magda had shown us and just help me understand what I'm looking at from that fence line to the property line? And I, and I know if you sure. didn't have previous involvement, but do you know if that encroachment permit that you guys are seeking tonight has anything to do with that fence? or if there's anything yeah. existing? No, the, the, um, if you look at the street view, um, it's a grape stake fence that is very old and, and really you know, charming and nice looking. It's not part of the scope of work to alter the fence. Uh, and I don't know, um, I'm sorry if I should, I don't know if it was part of a previous um, encroachment permit request ever historically. Okay. Um, it's It predates a lot of stuff and I, maybe it predates the you know, the process of 
encroachment permit asks. I don't I don't know. Okay, so uh, just to rearticulate. Okay, it's completely out of scope for for what you're looking to achieve. Okay, yeah, it's it's wonderful and charming, and, and the intention is for it to stay. Okay, understood. Thank you. Um, and then, in terms of the ADU, I totally understand that it is a large parcel and there's an opportunity there. But could you articulate further on the intent for such a large? Um, ADU, it is almost, I think, a thousand square feet over the the normal limit. Um, is there any other reason that you can speak to outside sure. of just a bit being a large parcel? Yeah, um, it, it's well, it's not um, because um, maybe it's appropriate that Will wants to do it. Kind of, it's because the house is so small. Um, in that, the house um, um, is quite small on a square footage basis. And um, Will is looking to have friends or family or grow a family and not to get in his beeswax too much. And, and, but the house can't um, sustain much in that way in terms of if you um, begin to have a child or, or a couple children, um, the house kind of bursts really quickly. And so the, without the, the way to add on to the house would be to do so at the rear where there are gnarly retaining walls in the, in the hillside or uh, to blow it up, you know, to, to just remove it and make it a much bigger house or something. And Will's really in love with the charm of the house. And so it's really to create some flexibility for um, guests or family that wants to live there on a shorter or long-term basis. Or if he decides to have children with my pressure, that then he has a place for other activities, you know, it's labeled as part, partly a workshop because he envisions doing art in there and working on tinkering with things. He's kind of um, a bike maker and inventor. And so it's just it's just to create more house kind of, but in a way that's in alignment, I think, with the, the goals of statewide ADU creation and use, you know, so that there's a there's a piece of housing stock that that will be used for his uh, mother when she's elderly, perhaps, or other folks in the family or short term guests or can be rented at some point, that kind of thing. Um, so to, for for um, us as an architectural design challenge, it was like, how can we get more space and make it feel um, nicely nestled into the site without uh, ruining the artistic nature of the existing residence? Okay, thank you. Appreciate the background there. And I just wanted to ask um, a bit on Commissioner, so you should calling her Chair Feller, Commissioner Feller's, <laughs> question um she she brought something up that i was also trying to understand in terms of the parking just from a safety aspect um did did um miss gonzalez explain that correctly are we understanding that with the with the widening or the accommodation for up to four cars are they intended to be parked um in tandem in that in that way just wondering about the ingress egress you know and safety and turnaround yeah there's no um, it's not designed to be able to turn around and then head out frontwards in the in the driveway. There's just not enough room, we believe. But the the garage um, is a, is a wide enough for two cars, and there could be two cars parked behind that. And so the idea is that the occupants of the house would park in the garage, you know, hopefully, or if there's overflow or more, that they would park behind. And then if you had a function or friends over 
that they would be able to pull one car or two cars off the street so to not you know burden the very few precious parking spaces that are along the street there um that's the idea okay and i'll have to refer back i think to um any conditions from southern marine fire but did they have any comments that anyone can think of in terms of that they have, setup. Hose, they have enough hose length and access so they don't need to get on the property and turn around or anything um the, the driveway is 12 feet wide i think right now as magda said and so the idea of widening is to be able to to get in independently in terms of two narrow lanes so that two cars can park side by side both in the garage and then outside the garage okay all right thank you um thank you chair luxembourg that's all i have for now uh thank you commissioner saad uh I'll Doing it in a different order, Commissioner uh, Vice Chair Junius, any questions? No question for the project team at the moment. Uh, thank you. Uh, uh, Commissioner Fowler, uh, do you have uh, questions of the applicant? Uh, th thank you for uh, your, uh, thank you, uh, Chair Luxembourg, and thank you um, for some of the discussion and explanation of, of the project. Um, I just wanted to kind of follow along on Commissioner Saad's issue about the parking, um, only to try to understand, I mean, that's a pretty steep driveway and you have, you know, pretty steep uh, streets uh, with a lot of traffic going up and down and sort of that hair turn, you know, the, the hairpin turn, uh, trying to get, you know, up, you know, through up Monte Mar and then probably to the highway or something. So I, I just, um, I think we have to be realistic about, you know, what what kind of parking you can really accommodate on that driveway reasonably safely, uh, without you know several cars pulling out into a very narrow, busy street and, and so on. So, I, I'm not. Um, I think four cars is probably pushing it. I mean, maybe if you know you're away on holiday and no one's using them, you can leave them there. But um, I, I think I think being tandem on something so steep and then on the street that's equally as steep is not overly realistic. Agree. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm assuming that you've looked at that and. Yeah, it's not the, the intent isn't to, um, that would be, uh, I guess, two, four, six cars jammed in there. That's kind of like a tailgating situation. You know, it's really for the two cars to be able to, um, park in the garage and then be able to get out. And and then if someone comes over there, they can park behind the garage. And if you're really jamming people in, you can at least have one or two more cars um, without burdening the neighborhood, you know? Yeah. And um, did you, uh, am I correct in that this, this particular ADU, this owner is trying to designate as very low income? Did I, am I saying that correctly? Yes, that's correct. Okay, but you said it's being used for your fam for his family. It's um, it will be used. Who, who knows? Meaning, as as uh, sometimes by will himself, sometimes by guests. It could be rented in the future. There's no specific designation, um, but I think that recording it in this fashion requires that it not be rented out at market rate. You know that it be. That's right. true. Yeah. Yes, that is true. Yeah. So in, in the case that we'll um rent it out, we would we would be we have chosen the 10 year 
um, option. So the very low market rate, because he doesn't have a particular interest in, you know, he, he would like to contribute it at the ADU as accessible housing for the community, but it's not his intention to build it and then directly rent it right away. Okay. Um, you know, I'm going to defer to um, our city attorney and our uh, director of CDD about what those parameters are. I mean, obviously, as um, a, a member of the housing element, you know, every little bit helps. And so we appreciate um, accessory dwelling units and particularly those that are designated for very low income because those are many times the hardest to build. So uh, we take those designations pretty seriously and expect them to be used for their designated use. Um, but I will defer to Director Phipps if he has any uh, further direction in that regard or any parameters that, that this commission should be aware of. Thank you, uh, Commissioner Feller. So I, I think that, you know, most important comment uh, in connection with this application is that City of Sausalito needs additional housing units to help to satisfy our RENA requirements and meet the requirements of the housing element. As far as the wrinkles associated with the affordable housing deed restriction, um, in the case that applicant owner is interested in um, having a family member or you know expanded family members um, reside in that unit, I, I think that I would I would want to defer to city attorney regarding compliance with the deed restriction. Um, Sergio, if you have any comment, I'd, I'd appreciate that. Yeah, the 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 post family member would need to meet the affordability requirements in the deed restriction. So if right. they are not, um, you know, a person of means that are. Um, um, you know, meeting the affordability requirements to reside in that residence, they couldn't. Okay. And uh, he cannot use or rent out um, or occupy that unless he himself meets those affordability restrictions. That's the purpose of the affordable housing restriction um, for a period of 10 years. So. So, Thank you for yeah, appreci appreciate that from both of you. So in other words, um, if you're if you build it to be um, designated as um, an accessory dwelling unit and part of the housing stock at a at, at whatever level, whether it's market rate or or otherwise, and in your case, you've you've designated as very low income, which is as defined by the state, is a percentage of I think the me, uh, median income. Then that's exactly what it needs to be used for. It can't be used as a and it can't be used as like uh, an in-law unit unless it is rented under those parameters. Is that correct, Sergio? Yeah, it's section one of the, so the city has a standard affordable uh, housing deed restriction, um, which it uses for various projects. Uh, section A1 of the, of it states that the ADU shall be rented to and occupied by a household whose gross income does not exceed 80% of area median income as determined by uh, the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development and as published by the state of California's uh, HCD's uh, statistics um, based on the Marin County media income levels. So um, the only exception is with city consent and typically the city is going to provide that consent upon uh, demonstration, you know, to staff that uh, 
you know, the owner has tried and is unable to find somebody who meets the affordability requirements to rent the uh, the property. Mm -hmm. uh, Sergio, can I ask you, is it 10 years from the time it's rented or is it 10 years from the time of the approval of uh, when the, the uh, certificate of occupancy? Uh, let's see. Um, from the date of the agreement. So typically when it's recorded. So when it's recorded. Um, and, and what happens if they don't rent it for a while? Does that have any effect if, if they leave it unrented? How does yeah. that? I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a 10 year, 10 year restriction. So. So they have to rent it. Is that what you're saying? They're supposed to. I mean, I, they can also not rent it and leave it empty, but, you know, again, nobody can use it for 10 years that doesn't meet the affordability requirements. So I don't see why they wouldn't have a very strong incentive to rent it. Okay. Uh, Commissioner Junius, you had a question? And yeah, thank you, Chair. Um, and there is also an annual reporting requirement as well. Okay. Right. I think this is an interesting dialogue. I think it's very informative. So I appreciate it, um, City Attorney Wooten. A couple more clarifying questions. I, I was actually under the impression that the the very low income restriction was only for if you rented it. Is it does it say does the I'm, I don't mean to put you on the spot in terms of the actual language you're in. Is it rent or occupy or rent and occupy? Because I think shall be rented to and occupied by. And occupy. Okay, that makes it pretty clear. The other, and then the other, um, and then so theoretically, you could you could leave it just vacant for ten years, and then it burns off, and then it just becomes another piece of rental, you know, residential property with no restriction on it, right? Yeah, I mean that is and, typically how most affordable housing works: is that you bought, you know, covenant that developer, uh, you know, either because you've incentivized them or by some other means you covenant them for a period of time, but you right. know most. And, and and that's why actually in your housing element, one of the ways that you can typically meet your affordability requirements is by providing incentives to re-up existing affordable housing and preserve it. Exactly. And then one final clarification question. The other options that this would, I think the owner here selected this because of the short, relatively short tenure burnoff. If it's, it goes, the, the longer you're willing to hold the restriction, the higher the income level, correct? Yes. Or Right. And if there's no, if, if you don't, if, if the owner here decides not to agree to any rental restrictions, is it permanent um, or is it, is it, um, what happens then? Or is that? Well, the, the project's not approvable. So in other words, it has to be, so the, so the ADU must have some affordability restriction. Uh, yes. In order to meet the uh, size exception. Yeah. Understood. Thank you very much. Very clear. Very helpful. And, and I, I will say that Sausalito's ordinance is a very unique creature, I would say, for most jurisdictions, there is no option to go to a planning commission and seek exceptions to the, to whatever the ADU standards are. Basically, it's a ministerial approval or denial. Either you build your, and for most jurisdictions, it's up to, you know, the state minimum is 800 to 1,000 square feet. Uh, some jurisdictions are very, you know, permissive. They'll probably allow up to 1,200 square feet. Um, but, you know, you propose something bigger than that, it just get, automatically gets denied, and there's no no possibility of seeking exception or variance or anything like that. So understood. Understood. I think this, this is a unique sort of process to incentivize affordable housing by letting people have bigger ADUs. Yeah. 
And, and just to clarify, so if they had come in with an 800 square ADU, they wouldn't have to have this provision. It's no, and only. you actually wouldn't be even reviewing it. We wouldn't even do it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So back. Uh, so thank you for for the clarification. So I I mean I, I it is a good dialogue, and I want and I'm glad that that's on the record, and it's pretty clear that. This is a purpose-built uh, ADU that needs to meet those requirements that um, our uh, assistant city attorney Rudin has laid out, and so that would be part of what we are approving um, this this evening um, in in that particular case. Um, it, can you um, do you have any additional information about? Uh, some of the existing work uh, and whether or not that is finished uh, or completed, signed off, et cetera. And is that contractor vacated the premise? And, and so this project does define what's in front of us this evening um, is a separate standalone. There's no additional um, coordination with another project or uh, contractor? I think all those things you just said are true. The, the existing the existing work is done. Um, I don't know if there's a final inspection or not. Maybe Magda is aware of that, or maybe Will can comment on that. Um, that builder has no plans to do this phase. We have a different, different builder um, to do the second phase. And that builder need not pick up any work that the other person left off with because it was isolated to the deck and the bathroom structure on the deck. I think those permits were closed out. The our permit history has um, since 2017 was the first permit for the new the deck and the tub and shed, um, and the last one was in 2019 for PG&E to install overhead. Transformers and, and, and those are closed. Those are yeah, and those are closed. Yeah, they are closed. I did um, <clears throat> excuse me. I did research right now, and um, the permit for the deck, the hot tub, cold tub, <clears throat> and spa have all been filed. Okay, and I mean, just back to Southern Fire, real quick. I mean, the you know the the landscape plan. How different is that from May to now? to or the September one, I should say. It, it's the same one that was routed to them. Um, well, I, I want to I want to hear from the architect what what modifications okay. they've made. Melissa, maybe you can answer that because I'm not as familiar with the, the planting plan. Yeah, I think that well, the project calculations that you're referring to on that document, I believe are let's see for the, the square footage of the, the existing home in ADU. So I think that's and what they what we had submitted in May was smaller because um, it didn't include that laundry connection room at the basement level between the existing main house and the the garage of the ABU. So mm -hmm. at some point we um, revised that during in 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 tandem with responding to comments and incorporated that back in. And so as Magda said, um, as the, the um, Southern Marin Fire did review that, and I think they probably just didn't update the calculations on this form, unfortunately, but they have reviewed the, the new um, set of drawings. The, the new set of drawings meaning September 1st? Uh, correct. Whatever the, the current set of drawings. Um, let's see what the 
Okay, so but the yeah. but the attachment seven that I'm referring to is dated July 20th. So they have not seen theoretically the September 1st. Magna, maybe you can help me out with this with this because it's a process thing. Um yes, I can share my email um from McKenna. She sent me that email um September 15th, indicating that she had reviewed the plans. And unfortunately, she sent me that um the letter dated July and with that previous description. But um, I can share my screen to show you that email from her. It's dated um, September 15th. Give me just a second. Well, Thank I mean, you. I think what we what we would need, I mean, and this doesn't necessarily have to hold everything up, but what we, what we need is a letter from Southern Marin Fire that recognizes the September 1st drawings. I, I agree. Yeah, I just wanted to let you know that um, she did send me that after reviewing the September 1st um, plan. Okay, well, we just we need a, a, a clean record here of what we're approving. Um, so uh, it's good to know that that's there. But um, I, I think we need to kind of clean up clean up the record as it were. Um, so um, Thank you, Chair Luxembourg. I, I think those are uh, my questions at the moment of the applicant. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Fellow. Those are very helpful. Um, uh, at, at this point, um, uh, I just want to clarify a question, Mr. Sutro, on the on the parking that's been raised. You're, you're required to have two parking spaces. The ADU doesn't require parking. The, you're, you're trying to help the neighborhood by providing space more than there's currently for additional parking, which will get cars that might be visiting off the street. But the, the two spaces that are required, the only thing that's required is the two in the garage. And correct? Okay. Correct. That's correct. Um, okay. And so the other, I don't even know if tandem counts as parking spaces in the eyes of the code or not. Um, and we're not trying to. Um, provide any tandem spaces as part of the requirements of the property. But from a practical matter, that's the reason for widening the driveway is for the safety of navigation. And so that practically someone can pull in behind the garage that's, that's visiting without sticking into the street or doing something funny. Okay, good. I mean, certainly they could do that in the gravel driveway that's 12 feet right now. You can pull off the street. So that doesn't really change that. But just to make it a little more generous and navigable there. Okay, thank you. But yes, the two the two spaces inside the garage are the designated parking spaces, and those are the only that are required on the property as, as far as we understand. Okay, uh, thank you for that. Um, and I wanna thank uh, uh, Assistant uh, Attorney Rudin with regard to uh, both clarifying the affordable housing and also he drafted the language that was going in there, I believe. So I thank, thank him for that. Uh, commissioners, before we open it up for public hearing, are there any additional questions? Uh, Commissioner Sun. I don't want to belabor the point of the ADU, but just to um, Attorney Rudin's point and what is quite clearly laid out in the staff report that this size exception um, requires that there is an affordable housing, housing deed restriction. Just want to make sure the applicant does in fact understand that because I feel like there is some confusion when I was asking about the ADU size um, and to the points that you made. I think we've totally. moved past that now, but just want to make sure that that's 
clear because this would be his opportunity to potentially reduce his ADU if that's not actually his intention. I appreciate you saying that, yes, because um, Will worked with Melissa and with the staff and with the staff attorney, either through MAGA or directly, to understand the limitations, restrictions. I just totally misstated because um, I didn't, didn't understand that. I thought it was at your election um, to, to, to rent it or not, you know, and that that is in many jurisdictions how I understand the rules to be. That is, it is at your election to rent it or not. Certainly, is it your election to rent it or not? But if you don't choose to rent it in other jurisdictions, you can use it for your own own use, and that may not be. That sounds like it's not true here. And so, I, I appreciate you reiterating that. And and will, if you're listening or you want to speak up and say that you understand um, the restriction and what you've are executing with the. Uh, town, then that would be great because I garbled it. So I apologize. Yeah, no, that, that, that. That's okay. I just want to make sure he, we don't end up some, potentially approving something that that he also just does not understand, not to misspeak yeah. for you, but might not want down the line. So right, right, uh, right, right. Commissioner okay. Fellow, uh, let, let's see if Mr. Hudson wants to. Yeah, I'd in. like to actually get his yeah, his confirmation. He's, he's coming on right now. Yeah, so. I was trying to unmute and I was having some trouble with that. So sorry. Um, but yeah, I'm aware of all that. So okay. is it your intention to to rent this when it's finished construction as a low income or very low income per per the uh, per the yeah, if that's what if that's what's required, yeah. Okay, okay. thank you. Uh, at, the, at this point, uh, uh, if there are any other questions from commissioners, let's open it up for uh, pu uh, the public hearing portion of this uh, item. Uh, so if anybody who wants to speak should raise their hand in the Zoom application. Uh, and I'm scanning right now and uh, uh, Director Phipps, if you can help me here. I don't see anybody raising their hand, do you? Chair Luxembourg, um, seeing none, and just a reminder for those dialing in to raise your hand from a phone, press star nine. Okay, we'll give it a second to allow that. Okay, not seeing any, we will close the public hearing portion of, of, of this item, and I will turn it back to the applicant. You've got 10 minutes and 39 seconds. So uh, Mr. Hudson or Mr. Sutro or Ms. Kim, uh, if there are any additional comments, feel free to use all of that time or less of that time, whatever you feel you need. No, we're happy that you pose all those questions and clarify those things. And I think we can give everyone the 10 minutes and 34 seconds back. Okay, that would be fine. At this point, we'll bring it up to the dais. And if you folks can hang around in case we have additional questions after our deliberations. Um, at, at this point, uh, I will... Uh, who would like to start? Uh, Commissioner Feller, would you like to start this one? Sure. Uh, thank you, Chair Luxembourg. Um, uh, I just want to really quickly um, just make a note that we did receive one written public comment in attachment four uh, from, I'm assuming, a neighbor uh, asking about parking. I think that we've already discussed that. I want to make sure that that's on, on the record. Um, but but as this project stands, uh, and based on the dialogue that we've had with the applicant and um, the applicant's team, um, I, I think there just may be a couple housekeeping items uh, that we can condition um, for this project. 
as to not maybe hold it up. I mean, one is I just want to make it really clear that the applicant has confirmed the intention of renting this um, ADU for low income, very low income um, at, at its completion. And I think that that's a very important uh, piece of this. Um, because of, of the, the project and scope as it's defined, I would want to tie uh, any demolition work uh, to final design work. So we don't, because this sits on the corner and there's a lot of traffic and, and there's concern about that with, with contractors, I think we need to make sure that uh, when this project commences that both the demolition and the, and the new design is finalized and that those permits can be pulled together uh, rather than sit through demo for six months and then you go through design changes and it holds up the design process. So I wanna tie those together uh, in this particular uh, instance. Um, I also wanna make sure that we clean up uh, this Southern Marin fire piece of it. So that can be a condition of approval uh, to get that in, in place as, as well. Um, but otherwise, um, I, you know, I, I believe I can make all the findings. Um, I, um, I think that there's been plenty of time for the public to comment on this since it was also held up from, from the December hearing. Um, so um, I have, uh, um, I'm confident that, that uh, this is a good project for, for the neighborhood. So uh, as long as we can clean up a couple of these housekeeping items, I, I see no reason uh, to hold this up. And, and I think we can craft conditions of approval uh, this evening. Uh, thank you, Chair Feller. Uh, Commissioner Saad. Um, I, I concur with um, Commissioner Feller. Um, I think I also want to just commend the applicant to choose very low income as a member of HEAC. Um, you know, we we appreciate that in the city of Sausalito, and um, I know that's that's um, not the most common choice. And I think it's great to add to that stock. So I just want to say thank you um, for that. Um, I I think I'm. Uh, on board with what um, Commissioner Feller is saying, I think we don't need to hold this up. I would like to see how those conditions get crafted just to make sure we're all on the same page here, but I, I would be in support to move this project forward tonight. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Saad. Uh, Vice Chair Junius. Yeah, thank you, Chair Luxembourg. Um, yeah, good looking project here. I'm very familiar with Stephen Sutro's uh, work in the city. Uh, uh, you know, excellent uh, attention to detail. You know, nice little project here. I think I, you know, I, I I go by here quite a bit, and it's it's one of these unique little situations that you actually find pretty frequently in Sausalito. It's a very you, you can almost not see the house until you're standing right down below the <laughs> below the walkway there. So a, a little hidden gem up there. Uh, the applicant has a very nice piece of property, and I think this is a great addition. And I'm, I'm I agree. I'm glad that um, Mr. Hudson is is looking to provide housing for very low income. It's very admirable and appreciated. So uh, I'm, I would be ready to move forward with all of the comments and additional thoughts and conditions as well. Uh, thank you, Vice Chair Junius. Uh, I concur with everything that's been said. Uh, uh, I think this is an excellent project. I think it's uh, the benefit of very low income 
uh, ADU is important to the city. Uh, it, this doesn't impact the neighbors. Um, it's not, it, it, you know, and it's, we're expecting the architecture. So a great job on behalf of Sutra Architects here. Um, I'm looking at the conditions. Um, uh, we, have a, we have a condition we often use, which we would address Commissioner Feller's uh, comments that says that demolition, no demolition can occur until the building permit is issued. So uh, 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 Director Phipps and uh, Ms. Gonzalez, if you could uh, draft that, uh, you know, pull that condition that we've used elsewhere with, uh, to this as well. Uh, I'm looking at the affordable housing condition. Uh, his use and rental. Um, uh, I'm, I guess I'd like to ask, uh, uh, um, City Attorney Rudin, uh, do you feel that the number 10 condition covers what Commissioner Fellow was mentioning with regard to uh, it being clear what that requirement is? Uh, what you said was what we understood. Uh, and it just says uh, the applicant shall record in a form approved by the City Attorney affordable housing covenants against the property restricting the use and rental uh, uh, of the accessory dwelling unit to 10 years at a very low income level, 50% of AMI, or 15 years at low affordable. Uh, we, since we've decided it's very low, do we just delete the words 15 years at a low affordable? So it's the, the code to me reads that it's at the applicant's choice. Um, that that okay. they get to pick, you know, whether they want to do the slightly, um, you know, the low affordable at a longer period or the very low affordable at a shorter period. Um, so the condition of approval is to reflect that. Um, I, I do recommend that it be recorded prior to issuance of certific certificate of occupancy. That makes okay. it, you know, basically as soon as they're, it's ready to be occupied, that's when the clock starts on the affordability restriction. That gives the city the most bang for the buck. So... Okay, so we will add that wordage uh, language. Uh, I'm going to go back to Commissioner Feller. Are you comfortable with very low or low as as the recorded deed restriction? I'm I'm comfortable. Yes, I could be comfortable with that. I my um, what I believe I asked the applicant, and the applicant confirmed is that. Um, that that the the ADU would be every effort would be made for the ADU to be rented at the time that certificate of occupancy is issued. So, in other words, we don't want a very low income or even a low income ADU sitting around vacant for ten to fifteen years. We want it occupied. So that that is part of the language that I would want in here. Okay, um, so uh, with that language, and we'll we'll go back to that when we get to the motion on this project, and with the additional condition for demolition, and then with regard to uh, cleaning up with regard to Southern Marine Fire, are you looking for just the concurrence from Southern Marine Fire that they had seen these plans? So if we get a letter from Southern Marine Fire that the date of the plans that they saw was the right date. That's 
really what you're looking for? I think they need to update their their letter. Um, I mean, what what is in the package for us to approve, to approve has a has a July date on it, and we need it to reflect the September um, drawing. So they need to update what their findings are uh, more than just an email between McKenna and Magda. Um, that that letter, you know needs needs to be referenced, you know, uh, in in files in City Hall. So let's get Southern Fire to reissue that letter with the correct information in it. Okay, and if I can bring City Attorney uh, Rudin back on, uh, uh, we can, uh, um, we, we've been going to the possibility of not putting Marin Fire's conditions into our conditions of approval for that you, because you outlined potential issues with that. Can we add a condition here that requires exactly what Commissioner Feller just said as far as clarifying the date so we can approve this tonight and uh, with regard to that? Is that is there a wording that would make sense for that? So typically Marin Fire's conditions are imposed on, you know, their review is completed uh, as part of the building permit review for, for most of these projects, um, you know, and perhaps uh, the community development director can confirm that that is the case. But typically, you know, a lot of these applications, they'll go to building permit and Marin Fire will be provided the building permit applications and the construction drawings. And then they'll have the opportunity for further review and imposition of their conditions of approval. And so for that reason, I don't typically recommend that we bake in specific conditions because the project may have minor modifications, uh, you know, during construction phase, or they may, you know, review the construction drawings and have additional requirements. So, you know, it doesn't make sense for us to adopt another agency's conditions of approval specifically, uh, particularly when that agency can, after discussion with the applicant, change its mind at any course in the project. And then we may have to come back just to modify some other agencies' conditions of approval. So, um, but with respect to um, Chair, or sorry, Commissioner Feller's concern, uh, you know, we can probably add something in here uh, requiring the applicant to provide, you know, additional information or verification at the building permit stage, or just a general condition of approval requiring compliance with all of Marin Fire's conditions of approval is fine as well. Yeah, I mean, this is for the applicant's protection, too. I mean, it's not just for us to kind of, you know, push paper around. I mean, it's for their protection as well, because, um, it, you know, if Southern Marin Fire has seen the September 1st drawings, which is what the Planning Commission is, you know, theoretically approving, and they've made comment on that, there won't be, you know, such a huge difference between what July was and what September was and what whatever the final permit drawings are for. So Sergio, I'm gonna take your, you know, whatever you recommend to, you know, from wording to make sure that um, you know, it it protects all all parties. So there's not um, you know, if McKenna all of a sudden leaves Southern Rim Fire, there's no gaping hole in terms of what really happened and what she was looking at. So I'll leave that to you. Uh, and I'll add to that, um, uh, City Attorney Rudin, they, they, uh, I agree and understand the need not to require somebody else's requirements in our uh, certificate, and I agree with that. 
What we don't want to have happen, however, is we don't talk to Marin Fire. Marin Fire comes in at the building permit stage, and then they require something which changes some part of the design, which then has to come back to us, which we could have found out if they were touched base early. So we want them to see the plans, chime in uh, about what they see, because if they want a wall moved or they want sprinklers that aren't there, some issue, we identify that and it protects the homeowner and then they know that that's coming and they're not changing things at the last moment. So we want them to see it during the review stage. We don't have to put their conditions in, but if the plans aren't right, we want to be able to say that they, they, they saw that and were aware of it. And, you know, they can still require things, but if, if they're going to require something, we want to find out about it now, not later, I guess is the practical thing. So we, we have to develop a system with them that, that allows them to review it early don't put their conditions in, but make sure that they've seen it. And, you know, so uh, can, I'll entertain a mo uh, if I, I can, I would like to get a motion on the floor. If we can entertain a motion with these three modifications, does somebody want to make a motion to that regard? So moved. So moved. Okay. So uh, is there can, a second? Can we, can we restate what those modifications are just to the extent we may need to change any language in the, um, conditions of approval yeah I, I was going to do that uh with a second but uh okay is there a second i'll second uh, thank you commissioner side so my understanding is there'll be a condition added uh that requires that no demolition permit will be issued until the building permit is issued um so even those are separate permits uh there is a uh um uh an addition to the affordable housing number condition number 10 that says that uh, uh it's required at the time of certificate of occupancy uh that they and that language is already in there uh, uh prior to the issuance of the, okay so um and it says they have to uh well they can't okay so now this is a maybe a picky thing but they can't rent rent it before the certificate of occupancy can they no so, so we can't occupy it between before certificate of occupancy either. Right. So, so we need to modify this so that it says that uh, the covenant has to be filed prior to the certificate of occupancy, and a uh, it must be rented rented at at the how would you suggest this at the time of the certificate of occupancy? I don't think we have that power. Okay. <laughs> we just do not have that power. Okay. So. <laughs> I, the, the, I would say that the condition of approval as written goes as far as we can as far as we can justify. <laughs> okay, so uh, commissioner, uh, commissioner Feller, can you uh, you're able to look at ten right now and see if you're comfortable with uh, ten uh, being as as the city well, attorney has if has ten worded. is as far as we can go, um, then ten is as far as we can go. Okay, so uh, so that's not a change. So uh, the motion is for two changes. One is uh, for it, would it be uh, 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 Mr. Rudin for you to draft the um, uh, language with regard to Marin Fire that will not sort of put their other conditions in, but will accomplish what Commissioner Fellow is suggesting as far as clarifying these drawings that they have. They have seen these. We just want to clarify that they saw the latest drawings that we have in our packet. 
which we believe they have. We just want to somehow get it on the record. I, I would suggest adding a last condition of approval that says applicants shall comply with all applicable conditions of approval by Southern Marin Fire District uh, and shall uh, uh, provide confirmation from Southern Marin Fire District prior to building permit issuance that uh, they have reviewed, um, you know, the drawings um, dated, whatever the date is in the agenda packet. <laughs> Okay, uh, and so um, uh, Magda, I mean, uh, Director Phipps, who who mechanically does this? Is this going to be Ms. Gonzalez that will make these additions to the, the the conditions of approval? I will work with staff. Okay, uh, we may. There is no set process here. We you know we, we may uh, just identify staff and availability ability to accomplish, but um, but. You know, we're, we're hearing you this evening and we'll move to uh, to integrate those conditions of approval. Okay, so I have a motion on the floor with those two conditions now of approval if the maker accepts two rather than three. And uh, a second, are there additional comments or discussion? Uh, with nobody's hands raised, um, uh, the let me just check something here. Uh, I just want to check with the Mr. Sutro. You have no issue with uh, the condition we added with regard to uh, no demolition before uh, you get the building permit. Okay, great. Uh, with that, uh, uh, Director Phipps, if you could take a roll call vote on this. Certainly. Thank you, Chair. Commissioner Saad. Yes. Commissioner um, Feller. Yes. Vice Chair Junius. Chair Luxembourg. Yes. Um, and we thank you for your application and proceed forthwith. Thank you. Okay, uh, next item on the agenda, um, uh, uh, Director Phipps. Adjournment. That's right. <laughs> to adjourn. Uh, I just want to, can I make a, a comment just so everybody's aware? Tomorrow night we have a joint uh, meeting with the city council. It is, uh, uh, I'm planning uh, to attend via Zoom like we always do, uh, but I understand that the city council is going in person, uh, but uh, I, I, so it might be helpful if we know that whether we're all doing this on Zoom or they have to create chairs for us or something in the in the chamber. Uh, some people are going. Some of the council will go in the chamber, and some might not. So, uh, but we can we can all do this by Zoom if we want. It's up to each of us to what you want to do. I, I didn't know that in person was an option. I only knew that it was a Zoom meeting. Okay. They, I thought uh, they just voted to continue all meetings. They they they're, they're electing to. So, I don't understand the history. Maybe uh, uh, Director Phipps can tell us. Agendized, so I'm not sure we're allowed to talk about this, but I'll let Sergio let us know that. I think I'm just going to check the city council agenda uh, because if it doesn't say that it is a virtual meeting or allows for participation virtually, I would suggest well, it, it says everything. It says that's the problem. It's, yeah. it's not a problem. I, I'm only flagging it because. 
several council commissioners just said they weren't aware of it and it was unusual and they did it last night for the city council so I, i'm just i'm just flagging it it's not a we're not this we're not voting on it or doing anything with it i just wanted people not to have thought it was a pro forma agenda it is a joint meeting with both virtual and uh in person so it's yeah. up to everybody's choice yeah correct um chair luxenberg just just briefly, uh, agenda reads, this meeting will be conducted both in person at City Hall and virtually via Zoom. So attendees and members of the public have the option. We're gonna do a hybridized meeting format. And um, the information that I have is that at least one council member will be attending in person, but I have only received confirmation from one. This is, you know, are we, not being recorded anymore. No, we're being recorded. Okay. We're being recorded. This is kind of a half-assed way to put a joint session together uh, for something so important. Uh, we're, I was just informed this was what was done. So I, I'm, uh, I'm just informing everybody so people are aware and not surprised because uh, I was surprised when I watched a, a few minutes of the city council last night and then there was it was both in person and by zoom and that was the first time i'd ever seen that so uh it is allowable and it is what they posted and it is what went up so uh I, i'm just we're going we're at a point where this is not agenda so we can't really discuss whether it's a good or a bad thing i'm just making people aware and uh wanted to be able to, to have um director phipps tell anybody that if we're anybody's going in person that they have chairs for that, that's all. Uh, so, you know, uh, you can handle that offline if you wanna You want to tell them whether, uh, I'll be, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna be doing it by Zoom because that's what we've been doing and I just wanna continue what we're doing at the moment. And, um, but. Our yeah. um, um, attorney said that it's gonna be on Zoom tomorrow. Um, but we, the chambers will be open to the public, but I know that all the, uh, City Council will be streaming from home, except for one person. Director so. Phipps, I mean, and thank you, Chair Luxembourg, for bringing this up, but Director Phipps, could you maybe issue a communication to the Planning Commission? Because, of course, Commissioner Graf is not in attendance this evening um, and might not want to be in person attendance tomorrow if he's feeling better because he, you know, might might be under the weather. But can you just issue a communication to us about, you know, what the status is and, and what the majority of um, either city council members or commissioners will be in person or via Zoom? So, so I'm not able to um, speak for or predict action of commissioners or council related to their attendance in person and virtually, but I'm very happy to communicate the language in the agenda um, and letting folks know that they have the opportunity to attend both virtually or in person. Yeah, that would be helpful, especially for Commissioner Graff, who isn't here this evening. And sort of to conclude this topic, you know, I think we are starting to stretch the uh, uh, brief comments exception in the Brown Act. So right. perhaps we can wrap up this discussion. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, I will uh, entertain a motion for adjournment. Move to adjourn. Uh, thank you. Bye, guys. Uh, all in favor? Bye. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Nice see you tomorrow. Happy New Year. Happy thank New you. Year. Congratulations.
Thank you very much.